Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, this is Gus. Uh, April 15, 2015. This is Word Nerds. Talk show number 134084, episode 69. Uh, we're getting started a little late tonight. I was running late, and uh, I'm just going to, I don't have any particular plans for the evening, so uh, if somebody wants to start us off in any particular direction, the floor's open. Hit uh, star six to mute or unmute yourself, and star eight to put up your hand, and uh, there's... Those of you guys that are only on the computers and uh, <clears throat> not on the phone, go ahead and put your questions in uh, on the board, and I'll be happy to go through them if I see them. If I don't answer your question, just repeat it every 10 minutes until I put my eye on it, because if, I, uh, if I'm talking to somebody, I kind of have to tune off the board, not pay attention, or, or I get distracted. Hey Gus, how you doing? This is Daniel. Hey Daniel. Hey, I'm up uh, in Rochester, New York. <clears throat> I got a chance to talk with you guys uh, a couple weeks ago, and I haven't been able to catch up with you guys since. But I uh, just wanted to ask you a quick question. I wanted to kind of get an idea on how uh, uh, successful um, using Carl's method has been for for anyone that's on a call. Any experiences that they want to share? I'd love to hear something. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of them, and I don't know if anybody. I mean, if somebody wants to go ahead and speak up, uh, you know, they're more than welcome to. But uh, usually, most of the stuff is it, it's. Uh, I I really believe in letter writing, and 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 giving the other side opportunity to let it go. Uh, one of the guys that's I don't think he's on here yet. No, West Virginia, uh, unless he's on, he's not on on his phone anyway. I don't yeah. Know if he's on I, yet. But he, uh, he he wrote a letter to uh, the the prosecutor, not the prosecutor, to the uh, sheriff's department and other uh, entities. He he wrote some some letters and got everything resolved before he ever got to court. And you know, it's not a win in court, but it's definitely a win. And his story. Is uh, Carl posted it on Talkshow? I think it was 181. It's a nine-minute call, anyway, and that's uh, that's Joe. Uh, but, but there's there's a lot of stuff like that where you know it's not it's not like you know a big-time win against the IRS or anybody else. It's just you know writing paper and getting things resolved. Like like the IRS, you know, you don't want to go head to head with the Department of Justice when they're when they're moving a case against you on behalf of the IRS or the uh, the United States, you want to resolve all, all that stuff with, with letters ahead of time. And so it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to 
put those examples of people who do well like that, uh, you know, there's no court cases. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, recently uh, I had a little success. Uh, we wrote to a, <clears throat> it was a traffic case, and we actually wrote to the judge and wrote to the prosecutor. And um, it was quite interesting. We actually received a response from the judge and um, or from the man playing the, the role as a judge, obviously. Um, yeah. But it was, it was quite interesting uh, what had happened. That out of all the times that um, I've helped out with traffic court, uh, here in upstate New York, um, it's always been, you know, playing the role as a defendant, playing that uh, that person, <clears throat> and, you know, staying within the legal society's way of doing things and had some success, but this time it was actually quite interesting. The judge actually wrote back and um, responded to uh, one of the letters, and the very next letter we sent to him, it's, is there a valid claim before the court? And uh, we haven't, we actually have not received a response from him. So we sent the second letter uh, back to the judge again. And um, the uh, response was that all that they were looking for was a plea of guilty or not guilty. Um, and the, uh, it also said that uh, if, uh, in either case, that um, the guy I'm helping would have to do it on his own. So... <laughs> it was quite interesting, you know. Have, uh, he, would so, have to, he would have to do what on his own? He would have to submit a letter um, asking for a court date and also putting in, either put a plea in of guilty or not guilty um, and or also request a date for trial, but he would have to do that in writing and submit it to the court clerk. <laughs> okay, well, how, uh, so, I don't understand so that, how that's yeah, good. That, uh, well, it was it was actually interesting that the reason that he answered in that fashion. Um, I've never experienced any answer for, for any paperwork we've ever done. So, uh, you know, to me, that's a win to actually even engage with the uh, the man playing the judge. So, uh, well, we wrote yeah sir, we wrote sir. another letter. So progress. Yeah, it's definitely progress. Um, I only wish that we would have been able to use the, 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 the method of just walking in there and saying, hey, you know what, I'm an idiot. I don't understand any of this stuff right at arraignment. You know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how well that's going to work. Well, um, it's not too late to put notices into the court. You know, getting a response back from a, a man acting as judge or a prosecutor, you know, if you're writing letters, you're going to get a response. There's a lot of people who say, you know, they never write back. I I get a response to just about everything I write, and, the, you know, every now and then uh, they ignore you, but it's very rare. I mean, just, just about everything people, you know, they, they respond. And, yeah. Uh, you know, as far as uh, giving notice that you're an idiot to legalese or that you don't understand the legal society, you know, the, the customs of the legal society, uh, you know, that's that's not something you have to wait for. You can put that into a notice and drop that any any time on the court. As a matter of fact, uh, it's good to remind them over and over and over again. You know, you, right. you put something into the court that says, you know, I'm a man. I appear solely as a man without representation, without title. I don't understand uh, legalese in the customs of the legal society, and and you, you know, you go on and explain yourself. 
and that you require the case discharged because you know because of whatever reasons that uh, you believe there is no case. And when they respond to you with some you know uh, motion to deny or motion to limit or motion to whatever, you know that, that's just another opportunity to say the same thing. You know, just repeat right. over and over and over again. Yeah, and then they're yeah. gonna want a they're gonna want a hearing to see if you're competent to stand trial. No, I'm not competent to stand trial. Didn't you understand me the first time? I told you I don't understand legalese. Okay? I don't I don't understand the customs of the legal society, which is the rules of evidence, uh you know, the hearsay rule or whatever other yeah. rules they've got. I don't know what they are, but those are the customs of the legal society. Now so, Gus, has I, anyone has anyone received a letter back like that that says, well, we'd like to send you for a competency hearing? Or is well, this just... What, what they do is uh, when you send that in, they're, they're, they always respond with, uh, you know, we require the court to, have, to hold a hearing, like a Feretta hearing. Uh, I still don't know what that is, but it, that's what they call it. And it, it's some kind of a competency hearing. I thought they only did Feretta hearings in uh, federal court, but I recently found out that somebody uh, I know is going for a Feretta hearing in uh, state court, in, well, county court. And uh, so I was kind of, I, I didn't, I don't know what the difference is. But basically it's a competency hearing. And, you know, if you're a man and you don't understand legalese or the customs of the legal society, why why do I have to be competent? The statutes are created for the good administration of government because the government's purpose is to secure rights and protect property. So right. why do I have to be competent in the statutes, ordinances, and bylaws of the corporation uh, when you know I, I don't work for Disney World? I'm, I'm you know I don't have the Mickey Mouse costume on. I'm not a you know I'm not a person. I'm a man, and I, and I appear solely as a man without attachments, without you know I, I don't know what you guys are talking about, and there's no law that requires me to know what you guys are talking about. You, you obviously have the wrong person. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I I, uh, I actually used, uh, about six months ago, I got a call from a, a friend of mine that I had helped out previously, and he said his cousin was going to court, and, you know, can we help him out? I was like, I mean, I, I don't know what we can do at this point, but it dawned on me, this was before Carl's, uh, before I stumbled across you guys, but I said, hey, you know what? Just have the guy go in there and say that he doesn't understand. And just whatever the judge says, you don't understand. And sure enough, it worked like a term. The uh, judge says, you know what? Just get out of here. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm really curious to uh, come across uh, someone else that that has just walked into court and just said those words. Just say, look, I don't understand. I'm a complete idiot with this. I think that would probably very be very very effective. There's there's a guy on the call right now that can tell you a story like that if he's in a if he's in the mood. Ed, you want to talk about the non the no consent? You might. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I just uh, I, I before I heard about Carl, I um, went uh, into court and I knew better then than to contest what was going on. So I just sat there, basically. I mean, uh, I mean, I put some paper in ahead of time so they know that it wasn't business as usual. And uh, 
Uh, I, I let the prosecution just move right along, do whatever they were doing, and I didn't uh, have any anything to say about it. And uh, I, I can't remember all the details a few years ago, but uh, at the end, the judge asked me something, and I just said I don't consent. And, um, you know, I thought I was going to get a big fine and, you know, problems, uh, you know, with the, with the driver's license and all that stuff in the future. But the, uh, the judge just said, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, suspend no fine and uh, stay out of trouble for a year. And that you could have fried an egg on the prosecutor's head. He was so pissed. Wow. <laughs> but you, uh, you had said at the beginning and throughout that you didn't consent. It wasn't just that one time at the end. Right. Well, up front, I, I said, uh, you know, you, you know, I challenged jurisdiction, you know, on paper. And, um, right. and I always said that I was there especially, not generally, but that's we've learned that since since then that, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's not really, uh, the way to go either. But, um, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and the thing is, is the judge paid no attention to all this. And I, and he was, it seemed like he was doing paperwork on other cases up on the bench. He wasn't, he wasn't really paying attention to much that was going on, it seemed. And, uh, um, but evidently he was, oh, he also, at one point I, I said, I, uh, uh, one of the things I did say in court was that I accepted his, uh, oath. And he that got him that got him uh, his attention. He stopped shuffling the paper on his on his desk and uh, and he said, "Oh, you accept my oath, huh?" I said, "Yeah." And uh, I believe right at that point there was a there was a recess for about twenty minutes. Wow! And everybody was shaking their head, like, well, "What's what's this all about?" Mm-hmm. You know. So who knows? Yeah. And he came back and uh, listened to the prosecutor a little while, and the prosecutor lied. He asked the prosecutor about my my record, and uh, and the prosecutor lied to the judge. You know, that's the only other time that I that I I couldn't I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I just said I just I've been I've been waiting for this today. So, but anyways, he asked me some question which I can't remember, and I said I. I don't consent, and uh, you know the next thing I know, I'm walking out. You know, no fine, and uh, be a good boy for a year. <laughs> That's great. Well, I uh, I've been hitting all the very early audios of Carl um, for the past couple of weeks, and understanding the claim process and and. Uh, how to move in in and out of court. Actually, has been fantastic. The the audio is unbelievable, um, and I have actually learned more in the past month. It's just ridiculous. How, the the uh, information that that Carl's got recorded there on all his early talk shoes and some of Angela's talk shoes has just been uh, phenomenal. The the rate of of what I've been able to learn in the past month is uh, I've, I've been at this for about two years. In the past month, I've learned more in the past month listening to Carl's stuff uh, than I have learned previously. It's, it's just unreal. Um, so I would definitely want to thank all you guys for the hard work you guys have done. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue this endeavor. I have actually have quite a few friends that uh, we constantly get together and bounce ideas off. And for the past month, uh, we have been uh, transitioning um, over from, you know, trying to play the lawyer game uh, right over to uh, using this method. And I tell you, 
it's so simple. It really is amazing. Um, I, I just feel it in my heart that this is definitely the easiest approach, uh, and, and this is going to be very effective. This is really going to change, change the situation quite a bit around. Um, and one more comment I wanted to make is that um, um, I, have, I have several friends that are Homeland Security uh, police officers and things like that, and I've gone over certain details with them, um, and it is truly amazing about 60, I'd say, you know, about a little over half of them know exactly that they can't order people around. Um, a few of the others, when I question them about the bonds or the insurance policies or their oats and all this stuff like that, uh, they, a lot of these guys know what's going on. And uh, <clears throat> it's quite interesting um, when you get into the details with these guys about how they... Um, um, affect the policy or how they actually push or, or I'm sorry, how they enforce the policies. And, um, but they know their limitations, you know, and, and if we could just play to go along with what we're learning right now with the, playing the man card, coming out directly with them, these guys are going to leave us alone without a doubt. I mean, it's, it's pretty evident, especially after talking with so many of them. Uh, so I just want to encourage everybody, keep going. This is this is definitely the cure for the problem. It's one of the biggest things I found when I started researching is that I couldn't, I, okay, I had all this massive amount of inf information, but I couldn't make a hill of beans out of it and say, okay, so what's the solution here? Where, where do we go from there? Uh, and this is definitely the, the best solution uh, and, and, and putting it all together this is going to be the final solution where we put every, everything back in check and uh, we'll be able to actually uh, maneuver through the system a lot easier and not have – right now I don't have as many concerns as I did a few months ago. I mean, I feel like a, a big, big weight's been lifted off my shoulders. So I really appreciate all the hard work you guys have done. Uh, Carl's, I, Carl's been amazing. So, I, you know, I really thank you. I hope he's on the call and he hears it. I want to thank him uh, tremendously for what he's done and all the hard work and research he's done. I know it's been pretty intense. I mean, the guy's knowledge is unreal. So I really appreciate it. All right, guys, I'll let you guys go and I'll listen in. If anybody else has a couple of uh, uh, experiences, I'd love to hear them because, uh, you know, it, it definitely motivates me as an individual in this, and I'll be able to go out and tell my buddies and get them motivated too that we're on the right track so thanks a lot guys you're very welcome what's your name daniel oh that's right thank you daniel yeah I'm thank you guys through my skype messages <laughs> thanks for coming on man hey i really appreciate it gus thanks I think I'm Adam. Is that you? I'm typing with. You can just uh, unmute yourself if you wish. There you go. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Is that uh, you? I'm, I'm talking to on Skype. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, What's yeah, man. On? I appreciate it so far. Thank you. What's on your mind? I'm just curious. Uh, did you get the last last uh, draft I sent you? I do. I'm looking at it, and the problem is, is uh, nobody else on the call has any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, all right. I uh, so I'll go through the, pretty quick. I'll go through the background. I um, 
back in 2013, 20, yeah, 2013, I sent in one of those, you know, Pete Hendrickson's, you know, zeroed out tax returns and got a frivolous penalty for it. So I've been back and forth with them since then, and they keep they keep insisting that they're going to, you know, levy my property. I had sent a levy to my job, which I got released by calling them on the phone, um, and they've disregarded all letters I've sent, but I've kind of been all over the place with my letters. So I've really, in the past year or so, been, you know, really buckling down on the common law, but I need some just direction on which way to go with the letter and make sure it's not, uh, you know, threatening or, or, or anything like that. Stay honorable. Yeah. Well, what the, what's the basis of the letter? What is it? You're, what message are you trying to convey? Basically, that um, I believe I'm exempt from taxes, and that I don't think there's any law that says that I am, and I want to deal with the person who can help me settle this. A uh, man or woman, not person. Okay, you're exempt from taxes. Why? I believe I pay uh, a lot of taxes. You know, I pay. Uh, uh, gas taxes, I pay uh, sales tax. Um, I, you know, my labor I don't think is uh, taxable. I'm nobody's, I'm nobody's slave. I'm nobody's, uh, you know, servant. Okay. Why, uh, so you believe your labor is not taxable? Why, why is your labor, why do you believe your labor is not taxable? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm using that for me and for my family. It's uh, nobody else has any right. It's 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 my property, basically. Labor is my property. There you go. You got it. <laughs> it's your property. <laughs> Why does government exist? To secure rights and protect property. All right. And where'd you find that secure rights stuff? That was in Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Do you have it in front of you? I know you've just read it. Through, I right? do. I do. <laughs> Yeah, read that segment. So I actually highlight it. Uh, that's to that to secure here. Uh, well, go, go back to the beginning. You know, it, you know, the part talks about self-evident. Okay, we it. hold we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these uh, are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. That's right. I mean, they're, Insti- sorry, sorry. they're instituted among men to, to secure rights. Right. And the, do you know where the, uh, the the protect property comes from? Uh, that's the uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Those are all my property. Well, they're, they're property, uh, but they uh, they expanded on that in the in the uh, Constitution. They said that the government exists for to, to promote justice, and uh, they, there's some things in the preamble to the Constitution which include to provide for the common defense. Well, the common defense of what? What are you defending if not property? Right. You're, right. you're defending property. You're defending my home, my kids, my wife, my whatever. You know, sure. You're de- you know, the, the, the property. So to secure rights and to protect property. Uh, rights are property, so uh, yeah. So that's so you believe that you have the right to keep your property? Yeah. How crazy is that? Oh, uh, you know, 
<laughs> there's uh, for for those of you who don't, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, in the IRS code, uh, you'll see that they agree with you if you know where to look. Have you ever seen uh, that part? I have not. Um, I, I haven't. All right, it's. Uh, I don't doubt it. Ever, if you if you ever want to use like a a CF item for your 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 beliefs with the IRS, you go to uh, let's see, it's uh, section eighty three A. I don't I don't know what it reads because I haven't read it in a long long time. But eighty three A. Yeah, eighty three A. Basically, it says that. Uh, that when you exchange your property for somebody else's property, unless there's a profit, uh, you know, it's, it's, oh, is that the whole Dave Maryland thing? Yeah, Dave Merrill. Merrill. Yeah, Merlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm aware yeah. of that. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's what his whole thing's based on. Yeah, like code makers. I just don't stay away from the code, you know. Yes, but the thing is, is uh, you're not going to show the IRS. You're not going to tell them. You know, because you said so, I have the right to property. You're going to say, I believe uh-huh. I have the right to property, and that my property, that no part of my property uh, should be given up for any reason whatsoever, except by the, you know, by a jury of, of my peers, whatever you believe. Okay. Right, right. And uh, but you know, basically, if you want to show them that they agree with you, that the that the code is in agreement with what I believe. Then you know if you if you wish to look it up in your code where where it's already you know where, where you guys have already stated that you agree that you know when I exchange my property for somebody else's it's not taxable then I believe uh, you should be looking at section eighty three. Mm. Very good. But, you know, awesome. Be a, yeah, your authority to to have and to have and to possess and to hold your property unfettered. Un- unchallenged, done whatever by uh, by somebody who's got no claim to it is uh, you know, th- th- those are God given rights. You know those right. belong to you because you're a man, and the creation of man, which is government, uh, certainly does not have a claim to your property. Right, right. But it's all it's all word games. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's why they created their own language and, and called it legalese. That's why there's Black's, Black's Law Dictionary and, and these other law dictionaries. Do you know what you find in a in a Black's Law Dictionary? Like why it was written? No, the the stuff. You have, do you have a do you have a law dictionary in front of you? I do. I have Black's Law. And, yeah, I have it in front of me. All right, open it up. Page one. <laughs> I'm biting my tongue because I know the answer. <laughs> you do? What? What's the answer? Yeah, man. Definition Black's of Law. terms and phrases. That's right. Black's Law what is, it? Is, a, is a dictionary that provides you with the definitions of terms and phrases. Not oh, words. right, yes. Yes, I knew that. Yeah. It's not a dictionary of words. It's a dictionary of terms and phrases. So it's an entire language to itself. It's called legalese. And if you go to etymology online, you do a, a search for legalese, you'll see that it's a real word. It actually exists. And in 1914 uh, is when they began, it, it went into use. 
and uh, it's an actual language, like Japanese, Chinese, Cantonese, and there is, uh, I mean, you can check with your Secretary of State, but, uh, you know, I really don't believe that there's any law that requires you to understand legalese. <laughs> sure. You know, it's the language of legal documents, the language of private contracts. So, unless you're engaged in a private contract, then you, then you really should understand the language of that particular contract, but there's no law that requires you to understand legalese. And your statutes, your codes, those are all terms and phrases. They're not words. They're not common right. English. Yep, yep, long, I get that. How long have you been studying uh, Cal stuff? Probably for about a year, maybe a little longer. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of piecing it all together. Like, I get the premise, but it's how do I put it on paper? Yeah, well, a lot of people get the the basic ideas. And if you listen to, uh, you know, a lot of different talk shows, a lot of, I never thought I'd be on here talking about this stuff. But, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of people with some, some ideas, and they talk about what they believe. And eventually, uh, if you cut away the stuff that's not supported anywhere, you'll be left with the, you know, the, the truth that, that lies within what they were talking about. And eventually, you know, you can take those truths and use them as building blocks to create the foundation of your own understanding and move forward from there. Right. But it, it takes time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, you're doing good. You're, you know, you've been modifying the, uh, the stuff that you're writing, and I'll keep doing that with you. You keep sending it to me, and I'll just keep twisting it. Well, I'll, what I'll do is I'll tell you what not to use. Yeah, and, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, and then you, uh, you know, because there's certain things that are just, they're a little bit off or they're a little bit whatever. I, I don't remember the ones that I've, I've told you, pointed out to you already, but uh, you know, so sometimes you're, you put the horse before the cart. You have to have one thing before the other. There's, right. a, there's a series, yeah. And, and uh, sometimes we communicate things, and we know what we're saying, and we thought we put it on the paper, but the paper doesn't reflect what you know. It only reflects what you were thinking. And so you got to go a little bit further and make sure the paperwork is at least as clear as what's in your head. You know, right, right. Yeah, just because you know it and just because you're writing it, that doesn't mean the idea transferred to paper. And that's one of the big problems with writing. A lot of a lot of stuff I see, I know what they're saying, mm-hmm. but but it doesn't actually say it. Yeah, you know, I I know where they're going. I know what they're trying to say, but it's not actually on the paper. You, you right, have to right. actually write it on the paper. <laughs> Assumptions are very dangerous things. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, Rhonda. You want to make a hey. quick announcement? Uh, that, and I just want to do, if I may, uh, speak on what this man's talking about, what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, go ahead. And uh, Adam, don't go away. I'll, I'll just let Rhonda in for a minute. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, because I've just gone through this myself. And... Uh, you know, the thing that I'm starting to grasp is, you know, like like Gus said, we make 
far too many assumptions. You know, um, these these letters that you're getting, you know, first off, you assume they're talking. What's your name? What, what was you called? Me, Adam. Adam. Uh, probably at the top of the letter it says Adam and your address and all that under it. And then, but down where it starts to, t- to talk to someone, it's, what's it say? Oh, let me get it. Well, they usually well, start off with dear taxpayer. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. And then it's all we couldn't and we, why we're sending you, but then the we turns into one person, at, one, one woman at the end. Okay, but let's just start with the dear taxpayer. Yeah. Is that your name? Of course not. Okay, so you're making a big assumption right off the bat that they're talking to Adam. They're actually that, talking to, to dear taxpayer. Well, the, uh, the thing is that I was I was okay with everything they were sending until they sent something to my work and uh, threatened with the levy and my you know my employer my boss was was gonna you know give them my property. Then I was well, what, like, do you, oh, shit, what do you what mean he was okay with? What do you mean he was okay with everything they sent you? Did you respond to anything they sent you? Yeah, of course I responded back and forth, and you know there was they weren't pushing forward with any any enforcement stuff until they sent something to to where I work. Well, I, I bet they probably just ignored you because you you took on the title of taxpayer. By no, responding. I, I, I never, I never, I never made, a, I never clarified that I wasn't a taxpayer, but I did clarify a lot that I was a man. Okay, but there was also all the letters. I was doing a lot. There was also all the letters where I didn't claim the name at all and said that the name wasn't my property. Well, see, but, but you're claiming all these beliefs and everything as a man, you know, whoop-de-doo. Uh, the, the letter that they sent you, did it have a name to it? A stamp name? Well, it's all legalese either way. You know, it's all legalese. No, I mean, when you got the letter, did it was it signed, allegedly signed? With a stamp? Yes. This most recent one is a leg- it's a yeah it's a um, robo signature. Okay. Uh, w- which is what John Doe? Let's just say. Yeah. If, if I let's just say John Doe's at the bottom of the letter, what do you automatically assume? John Doe sent it. Who do you assume John Doe is? Do you assume John Doe's a man? Well, yes. Well, that's a pretty big assumption. Uh, John Doe could be a woman. John Doe, John Doe could be a collection agency. John Doe could be, um, who knows? John Doe is the, uh, the name of the auto-response computer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that auto-response computer has a lot of names. Yeah, I, yeah. I wrote, I wrote uh, a letter to... Uh, a response letter to something I had gotten from those same people. It said, uh, I don't understand computer language. Please send something to me written by hand so I can know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm learning, too, is, and I heard Carl say it last Saturday night, uh, you know, we just, we assume way too much. We get way too ahead of ourselves. In that letter that you wrote, at the, or let, read at the beginning, uh, you had several things in there you was telling them, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that, blah, 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 you know, I'm not this. Like what Carl said last week, they're just going to run right over you and send you over to the tax protesters' side, yeah. right? Yep, yeah. yep. And 
last October, uh, Mr. and Mrs. IRS, you know, sent something here that it looked like they was trying to say I owed them $71,000. The end of March, after a few letters, very short letters, at the end of March, I got a letter from them saying no, uh, no action is required on the taxpayer's account. Thanks for the information you provided. After, uh, or thanks for the letter that the correspondence that you sent March 12th. After the information that you provided, we've determined no action is required on your account. Keep a copy of this for your records. Perfect. So, you know, I don't expect to get a letter from saying, whoops, we messed up. Whoops, we made a mistake. You know, because that would open themselves up for, you know, uh, to be sued for fraud. All kinds of fraud. Mail fraud, all kinds of fraud. So... Hey, Rhonda, yes. go ahead. And, uh, Carl's coming out this weekend, correct? Three days? Uh, yep. We're going to give a seminar Saturday and Sunday uh, up here in St. Joseph um, at Uncle B's Sports Bar and Grill. Saturday and Sunday from 10 in the morning to 6 p.m. There's a place right there to eat, so you don't have to leave to eat. Uh, if you want to Pay at the door, that's okay, but you better send your name so that we know who you are. And if you're going to go to the PayPal, if, you, if you're interested, go to klinfo418 at gmail.com. And we'll e email you back the particulars of what you need to do. And you need to go to his, uh, Carl's website and donate, and then bring the receipt back to klinfo so that we got the receipt and know who to who's coming in. If you want to just uh, if you're coming but you want to pay when you get here, let us know so we know how many seats and stuff to get and all that. So we sure would like to see everyone come up, you know, help Carl out. I think it's a fantastic way to get to spend two days listening to the guy firsthand, ask questions firsthand. Um, right there in front of him. So he told me the other day that a, a man flew over from uh, Australia just to see him, for just to talk with him for a couple hours. And his mom asked him, the man, where are you, where are you, when are you leaving? He said, tomorrow. He said, really? You, where are you flying out of? He said, Washington. She said, really? Well, are you going to take some time and sightsee and all that? And he said, no. I just came here to see Carl from Australia to come to see Carl. So, you know, if you're close and get any, you know, any way you can get here, I think it'd be a missed opportunity. But, so, that's about it. Unless anybody's got any questions. Hey, sorry, I just had to step out for a minute. <sighs> hey, this is Temple. Hey, Chad, Paul, hold on just a second. I uh, I, I was kind of listening to Rhonda, but I, I had somebody stop in uh, to pick something up. Uh, Rhonda, you all set? <clears throat> yep, thanks, Jess. All right, I, I put the KL info 418 at com. Oh, I put www. You don't have a www before that, do you? <laughs> all right, sorry about that. 
Uh, got some email. All right. I was trying to do that while I was talking to somebody. All right. Uh, yeah, you all set, Rhonda? Oh, all right. Adam, yep, uh, I'm done. All right. Hey, Ted, we'll just hold up a second. Let me wrap up with Adam. I don't know if he's got something else he wanted to talk about. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to speak to what Adam was talking about. Okay, go ahead. So you're talking about the IRS issue and uh, talking about sending them letters. And I just, I remember one of the relevant points I hear from Carl is that they're they're waiting on you to confess. You know, the more you give them, the more they'll hang you with, with the IRS. So you, I think, uh, like, questioning them and challenging their authority would be a better route than saying, I'm not this, I'm not that, you know? Oh, I and agree. Thing, and I, I'm changing my way from that. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, if they send a letter to your employer, well, uh, uh, unless you give your employer permission to administrate your property, it would be wrong for them to just give it up to the IRS. That's another relevant point, I thought. I, yeah, I know, I get that, but that's like a whole nother ball game I don't want to play. Yeah, I know what I you mean. Work in a small, you know, a very small um, business, so it's you know, it's very like only like family oriented, so it's really hard. They don't get what I what I'm doing. Yeah, there's yeah. not many people out there that do. All right. Um... You guys all set with this particular uh, thing, or is there something else you want to? Yeah, it, as far as what you're writing for those for a letter, Adam, just uh, keep sending me the revisions, and I'll keep uh, I'll keep working with you on that. Excellent, Gus. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm good. You can go on to somebody else. Thank you so much. All right, no problem. Thank uh, you, everybody else too. Thank you. Chad, Paul, hey, you got something else? Hello. Hello. This is this right. is Kelly. I was uh, on Skype with you a little earlier today, and uh, and you said that you would be willing to answer some questions regarding a debt collection issue. Sure. And I wondered if I could uh, give you a little background and see if you can help me from the point that I'm at right now. Absolutely. Wonderful. Um, so a little over a year ago, uh, Discover Bank retained a law firm debt collection company that's local to me here, and um, they initiated some correspondence and uh, demanding uh, a payment be made and whatnot. And so I pursued to uh, exchange some letters with them, and um, or at least send them letters, and they basically carried on with a lawsuit as if I wasn't uh, corresponding with them at all, and um, and I feel like I was kind of sidetracked in terms of uh, not not being fully uh, informed as to how I was going to proceed, and so uh, I basically bounced around quite a bit in my method of attempting to communicate with them, and um, I'm trying to correct some of those mistakes now. But anyways, after uh, they moved forward with a summary judgment, and I did show up to court that day, and all I could—I was terrified, and all I could think of was, "Oh my gosh, I should not be here. I know I should have my own claim, and I'm here as a defendant." And I tried to just keep my mouth shut. I think the only things that uttered out of my mouth were that I had a right—the right to face my accuser—and of course, they were not there. And um, so they the 
they took it under advisement and anyways issued judgments uh, after the fact. And so here I am. And meanwhile, I did start a claim against four individuals who at times work for the collection company. And, um, and that's a file has been opened and ready to move on that. And they sent a letter just last week uh, with their intent to seek sanctions and scheduled a hearing for May 20th. So the last couple of days, I've been trying to wrap my head around uh, how I want to proceed. And, um, and I basically drafted a notice today that I wanted to run by just to see what your thoughts were as far as if I was on track and uh, maybe even if you had any suggestions as far as how to make some of the corrections um, would be great. Yeah, well, uh, what's the basis of the debt? Was it a credit card? Yes, yep. And did you offer to stay in honor and to make payments? No, I didn't. What I initially started with was um, initially I, I was stimulated to challenge this debt because of learning about the banking. And I was after I started learning about banking, I was just kind of appalled with everything that was happening. And I thought, well, I will go ahead and I sent a, a courtesy notice initially via the OPPT method, which I don't know if you are familiar with. I'm not familiar with the method, but I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the One People's Public Trust. Public Trust. Okay. Well, anyways, that's how the whole thing ended up getting started, and that was kind of my entry point into learning about all of this stuff and law. Um, since then, I've abandoned that uh, protocol because it's, A, ineffective, and uh, it, it, it just doesn't work and um, want to now narrow in this method of learning what it means to, to have this standing and this responsibility and go forward from here at this point. So I believe that... I hear, I mean, I, as far as this uh, particular thing is concerned, you had a credit card... You uh, picked up some things of value with your credit card. You, you know, you went out to eat. You, you know, you got value from the yeah. card, and right. they want value back. You know, right. That's, it's a value exchange medium, and so uh, the you know you did some paperwork. You you learned all sorts of things. I'm sure with this paperwork, what you know what kinds of things uh, probably you learned most is what they don't respond to. And then you went to court, you got the judgment on you, against you, and what's that, um, is that judgment something that you, I imagine it's for a monthly payment of some sort? Well, they, they have they, well, they have the judgment, and then they, uh, at this point, what they've done is they have a lien on the property, uh, our property here, and um, we're attempting to garnish wages and whatnot. But I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I, I don't work. I don't have anything that they can garnish outside of the, the lien that they have on the property, um, okay. at least that I can what, think of. The and is what, real estate? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I think at this point, the, the part of the part of what I'm I'm kind of struggling with is that 
the the law firm or these attorneys from the law firm are I believe they are alleging that they're suing on behalf of Discover and uh and maybe none of this matters in the end, but I would hate to compensate the wrong party and then have another party come forward claiming that uh, that that I owe a debt. So how do I avoid uh compensating a uh, debt, you know, I believe that the debt collector purchased this debt, and I believe they moved a claim or this lawsuit in the name of Discover to make things convenient for them. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. There, there's, uh, right. for instance, on a foreclosure, you, you know, the bank might have bailed out three years ago, and they slid it over to some law firm, and, you know, sold it to them for pennies on the dollar, and uh, right. they so. You know, let's say there's a three hundred thousand dollar debt. They sell the debt for you know fifteen hundred bucks to a to a, an attorney, or you know maybe you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but you know whatever they did not collect, then they get reimbursed by some insurance policy. So now they're, they're you know because they have to clean up their books and whatever they didn't get reimbursed on, they count uh, they count as a loss. They they move on. They they have to keep their books clean. So that's what they do. And mm-hmm. then you have these uh, these these attorneys, these law firms that have bought these debts, so they're debt collectors, and uh, this is what they do. And so, if uh, if I teach you how to get out from under this, what happens is is people run around, you know, saying, "Oh, I didn't know I can get a credit card, charge up a bunch of stuff, and not pay for it." So, so I can't. Yeah, I, I, can't, I personally, I, I personally don't have a desire to uh, intercourse with these people any longer because I, I just, I don't, I, I have no, no interest at all. Well, the good news is that um, how much uh, a month are you ordered to pay right now? Uh, I never got an order of how much I'm supposed to pay. I think the whole thing. So they put a lien on your property and did not make any any uh, arrangements for you to pay it back. They're just going to wait until you sell the, the, the real estate? Yeah, you know, they send a bunch of paperwork, but I, I don't understand anything they send me. All right. Well, the easiest they, way... The easiest yeah. way to move forward is to uh, make monthly payments, you know, whatever you can afford, $20 a month, $170 a month, whatever it is that you can afford, and you make the payments. And at some point after you've done, you know, you, you've proven yourself to be an honor and that, uh, and you, you've continued to make these payments, uh, you can require that the you can you know between now and then you're going to learn a lot of stuff uh you you will eventually learn how to how to nullify the debt and move out from under it but uh the honorable thing to do is to you know you, you did receive value and they wish to have that value returned to them you can you can write to them you can write letters you can let them know that having uh the lien on your property does cause you harm you know, it does cause you injury of some sort, some kind of loss, and uh, that you require them to remove it, that you have no problem paying off the debt, and, um, you know, there's a whole lot of writing that you can do. You know, just short, simple letters, but what they need to see is that you are willing to make uh, regular payments and to, you know, to terminate this debt. 
Okay. I was I well, I was thinking about um, offering to make payment and to ask for their bank details and make the payment or whatever and uh, go forward that way with that. But how about my – so I have my claim opened against these four people for moving a false claim. Well, because you, haven't, you haven't proven it was a false claim. Well, it, no one – there was no plaintiff. The plaintiff never appeared. I, I understand, but you, you did not prove in the other court that it was a false claim. So I, you're saying that I would have to prove in the other court that it was a false claim. Yeah, if they're moving a false claim against you, first you prove that it was a false claim, then you go, then you go after somebody for for uh, vexatious litigation. For, so you know, you're for saying that if I if I write, you're saying if I write the wrong by making payments, then it's a false claim. Well, no. The, okay. It's never going to be a false claim because uh, your opportunity, unless you reopen the case and say it's a false claim, but you know, and you can do that, but it's going to take you a good amount of time to study. You know, uh, you're going to have to know how to make a claim. You're going to have to know how to do stuff. Uh, you know, and between now and then, uh, you've got to figure out: uh, Do you want to keep that lien in your property? Do you want that to go away? Mm-hmm. But the you know the the honorable thing to do is you did receive debt. I mean you did receive uh, value, and mm-hmm. you know you can write to them and, and let them know that you're willing to make payments. Uh, but you don't you're not willing to make payments on the you know all the uh, the late fees and the you know the excessive uh, interest and all that stuff. You can you can the number one thing is you got to get back in good standing with these people. So you're going to have to start making payments before you write to them and require them to do anything because you're in dishonor. And when mm-hmm. you're in dishonor, you can't require anybody to do anything. But, okay. Uh, so, you know, that's something to do. And if you question the debt properly later, uh, you know, the, the fact that you've made payments on the debt that you're not, you know, you disagree exists does not mean that, you know, that they can hold that against you later. You can you can let them know. Look, you know, I, I'll make payments, but you have yet to prove the debt, and I require it's it's a tough combination of, of stuff to do. Yeah, okay, so you're 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 saying that I I need to get it step on the side of honor by starting to make payments, and then after that, then I can start making requirements of them to prove the debt. You can make payments and let them know, look, I don't agree with the debt. I don't think that amount is correct. I think, you know, you're charging me for all this excessive stuff, and, you know, I'm going to start making payments, but I'm also going to require you uh, at some point in the future to uh, to verify this debt because I, I don't think it's accurate. And, okay. And, you know, just uh, remain in honor, and at some point bring them back to court and you have the uh, the account adjusted to reflect the the correct amount that you owe, but between now and then, you know, you gotta you, you gotta show okay. that you're an honor. Okay. Okay. So if okay, I get okay. I think I got that part. So then, what am I gonna do, and what do I do about this 
claim that I have sitting there open, and uh, and then now I have this uh, letter of them seeking sanctions in my court. Yeah. Uh, I would apologize and and say uh, it, uh, you misunderstood can, the law <laughs> and, and, okay. and pull out. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I can take I can take a look at your paperwork, but I don't know of a claim that you have against these people. They did not make a false claim. They proved their claim in court. They proved their claim, right, in an administrative court, right? Yeah, had they, had I had I been wise enough to bring that to a court of record initially right away, things well, could be different, it's not, right? It's not, it's not so much that you needed to bring it to a court of record. It's that you had to stand in court and say, look, I don't understand anything that's going on over here. I require this debt verified, and you know, bring forward the man or woman that's going to testify that this debt is true, due, and owing at this time. You know, and that's it. You, you just got to have the debt verified. But that opportunity came and went, and yeah. Uh, yeah, and even if you're doing everything right, even if you're doing that, if the if you know if the man who's acting as judge, you know, believes that you're you're in dishonor, um, you know, he's going to be hard-pressed to just go with the flow, even if you're doing all the right stuff. So okay. you know, the, the, if you want to show the court that you're you're honorable, uh, you know, write a disclosure letter, uh, not a disclosure, a disclaimer that says, look, I don't, you know, I don't believe this debt is accurate. And I'm gonna, you know, make payments of whatever you do, whatever you're gonna send them, you know, twenty bucks a month, whatever it is, uh, and uh, just keep studying. And it shows that you're in honor, and it stops them from taking any further action against you. If they go ahead and take action against you later to collect a debt, which it's almost guaranteed they will, then uh, you can show the court, look, this is what I can afford to pay. Now, if you're making if you're making $170,000 a year, don't be making $20 a month payments. Nobody's going to believe that's all you can you can afford. So mm-hmm. you, you got to you know you got to think of, of what you can afford to pay, what's not going to cause you harm, and and pay that. And uh, you know, three or four months from now, you're you're going to have a whole lot more information to work with. And okay. uh, at that at that time, <laughs> revisit. Okay. So yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, they. I, I know that I can. I can dismiss voluntarily dismiss. Obviously, my case against them, and that whole sanction thing goes away. And then well, just, um, you can. Uh, you if they have not sanctioned anything yet, if if they have not gotten judgment against you, there's a good possibility they're just going to let it go if you let it go. But if you, um, you know, if, if you caused them to have to get an attorney, you know, they they might seek the attorney fees. That's that's what they were. That's what they were. They would go after. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. I mean, they are the attorneys, but. <laughs> yeah. Well. Right? It's, if you let yeah, it go, uh, you know, yeah. they, they're very likely to just let it go also. Okay. They might not. Okay. 
But yeah, I don't think that they will. My personal opinion, I don't think they will because I have not done anything to move move anything or I haven't sent anything in that case uh, anyways, and they still are demanding this. Yeah, I, I would just uh, tell them, look, I, miss, you know, I had some misunderstanding someplace, and I, I now realize what I misunderstood. Um yeah, I, I hope you'll uh, accept my uh, my apologies, and okay. you know, I'm withdrawing the case. Uh, hope I didn't, you know, hope I didn't cause you any stress or whatever. Uh, you you, you want to do yeah. when you write a letter like that. When you write a letter like that, you have to be very careful not to confess that you did them wrong. So it's almost better to just say, you know, to just withdraw the suit and hope they. They, uh, okay, hold on a second. Mike's got something to say. Okay. Don't withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you can just let it, you know, go. You can just let it go and not do anything. But, hey, Mike, come on up, man. Are you muted? Oh, by the way, you are in the Skype group. Is that correct? Uh, I am now. Yep. Uh, Okay. Yeah, I I don't know if I would withdraw the claim. I think I would leave the claim alone. Alone, just don't pursue it right now. Uh, well, that's kind of where I was at, and then they sent a bunch of you know paperwork saying that if I don't voluntarily dismiss the case, that they uh, intend to seek sanctions and you know want to recover attorney fees and whatnot and. And then in a subsequent package of information, have a court date or a hearing date set for May 20th. So I'm pretty sure that they will move forward. They're a pretty aggressive law firm. But the thing is, if I decide that I'm going to sue you man-to-man in a court of record and the Chinese government sends a lawyer over here, to tell me that I have to dismiss my claim against you? What do you think I'm going to tell this Chinese lawyer? Go mind your own business. This is not your jurisdiction. You have no authority. You're, so, it's improper for you to interfere. Well, so my that was kind of my uh, my initial thought before I had called up was that I was going to um, create a notice that basically says uh, this court proceeds under common law. There are no obligatory rules or precedents. It does not rely on the aid of statute or code. Therefore, the paperwork you are attempting to submit does not have standing and will not be heard. Only a woman can speak, only a man or woman can speak at common law. Legalese is not recognized and then kind of leave it at that. But that was with the impression that I would be moving forward with my claim, which at this point maybe isn't the best idea for me to do before correct, making some corrections of honor. So what they, uh, go when ahead, is Mike. the next court date in their court? What was that? When is the next court date in their court? Uh, there, at this point, there is no court date set in their court. There's just the judgment that's there and all of their uh paperwork of garnishment summons and uh, the whatever else they're doing that I have no idea because I can't understand their, I don't understand what they write. Um, 
So there is no court date set on there. Now they were they were motioning to set a court date in in my court to for sanctions, a motion for sanctions. Yeah, it's just funny because another problem is a lawyer can't can't. Yeah, That's he my... can't hear. He can't motion. He can't do anything. And uh, the only one that can really enter any paperwork, I would think, would be the wrongdoer. He's the only exactly. one that can answer, anyway. So, well, one of the they're... one of the attorney that is uh, that is sending the paperwork happens to be one of the wrongdoers. Well. He could answer Bob. He could answer as Bob Smith, but he can't answer as attorney for whoever. Right, and that—that's my understanding as well. But um, my thought was maybe, in you know, first, if 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 technically what Gus is saying is that uh, that I that they haven't moved a false claim at this point because it hasn't been proven that they've moved a false claim that maybe it is better for me to just get rid of this case and if I have to start a case again back up then I can start it back up but if I start a case that wasn't legit to begin with at that moment maybe I shouldn't even be there well I think this is important why why are they saying that they want to dismiss it? Are they saying improper service or what are they yeah, saying? Well, yeah, they're saying a couple of things. One of them is they are saying improper service. Now, I'm, I sent the paperwork into the court, and, and uh, the court is the one who served them the summons. So uh, they're, they're the ones who, who sent the summons and, and did that. So I, I, I would... I would think that um, that that would be enough. That whatever the court did would be, they would take proper action to deliver summons properly. But what well, I, mean, I would, I would say one: the fact that they said that they were served improperly just acknowledges that they were actually served. Served, but just reserve them again. Make sure it's properly. Get a process server to do it if you got a few extra bucks and. Right. Uh, and, make sure you serve it on them first and then file it. But another thing is you can amend your claim because nobody's answered. Okay. So if you're if if I you don't think bearing, if you don't I think bearing false witness is a good one, you could change it. Oh, okay. Instead of I mean, instead of moving a false claim, you change it to something different. Yeah, I don't know if it would be bearing false witness because you actually lost in a lower court. But right. I'm guessing there's probably also plenty of ways you can attack their judgment. Oh yeah, well I I agree. I think there are other you know ways for me to attack that judgment. I was writing up. Uh, a notice for a void judgment, um, and I can read it real quick. I was going to go about this whole thing starting at this point. I, a woman, believe a void judgment is controlling this case and causing harm. 
I, a woman, made aware I erred into this case. I was confused and incompetent to appear in administrative court. I was an idiot. I, a woman, require a hearing in, in a court of record to lift the garnishment and lien that is causing me harm. I, a woman, do not believe I have done anything wrong or caused any man harm. Let the man or woman who placed the lien on me appear in court to testify as to why the garnishment and lien should, uh, should not be lifted so that I can make restitution. I say here and will ver- verify in open court all herein to be true. Well, nobody's saying you've done wrong and nobody's saying you've caused harm, loss, or injury. What they're saying is you owe a debt and you're not paying. It's a breach of contract. Yes. I don't know if they're actually, I guess maybe they're cla- they're claiming some kind of a financial loss. I'm not sure, but. Right. Well, that would be the wrong, right? The breach of contract would be the wrong. Um, so that, and then the harm would be, right, the loss of finance or the loss of money or value. Well, a fiction can't be harmed. True. Like you can't wake up and beat up your bad dream. It's right. the, the fiction. It's just a thought in somebody's head. Mm-hmm. So you you could maybe cause some kind of financial loss, but I don't see how that's going to problem cause a problem for the corporation. A man or woman would have to come forward on behalf of the corporation. Which is what the direction that I was headed for is. That's what I wanted: is a man or woman to come forth, you know, to make the claim. Well, somewhere along the way, a man or woman had to put their signature on a piece of paper to make all this happen. Right. And I was not able to get uh, a shred of information from the from the lawyers that were just essential. dealing just dealing with a third party debt collector is mm-hmm. very easy, but you have all this other stuff you got to deal with first. Um, I'm wondering if you should maybe focus first on um, offering a good faith payment. Okay. I would. I would maybe just. I wouldn't even get into anything big right now. I would just keep it real simple, saying. Uh, Roughly due to my financial situation, the most I can afford at this time is X amount of dollars per month. Uh, any more would cause uh, harm to my family and I. Uh, as my, as I don't know, as my financial situation improves, I will increase payments or return to regular payments or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then... As soon as they accept the payment, I would probably send them a letter right away with another payment and then tell them you require them to verify the debt or ask them for their delegation of authority or, I don't know, there's probably a whole bunch of questions you could ask after that, but I would say make at least one payment and cross your fingers that they actually cash it. If they accept it or deny it, like send it back, they're going to have some explaining to do. But if they cash it, then there's absolutely no way they're going to be able to not to deny accepting it. Would it? What? What about? 
sending them a letter telling them that I'd like to make payments and requesting their bank details so that I, you know, and then basically transfer the funds and not even tell them how much I'm going to be giving. And then it automatically gets accepted. The easiest thing to do is to just, uh, yeah, you've got a debt that has not been verified. And at some point in the very near future, you're going to learn how to do that. And you're going to learn how to you know, do all this uh, court stuff in their court because it's, uh, it is, it is like Mike said, it's a breach of contract case. This is uh, mm-hmm. the, the common law side of it is as a woman, you have the right to have the debt verified and, right. you know, by a man or a woman. So you're going to do some research on that. Listen to the audios that Carl's got the stuff that Craig Lynch has chopped up and, you know, subject-specific. And, uh, it, I mean, obviously you've been studying, so it's just a matter of time before you know what to do with it. But put, but putting a claim against these other uh, folks for, you know, for moving a false claim, uh, they've already won in court. They've already proved it's not a false claim. I, I just recall I recall listening to Carl talk about uh, using their you know that judgment using their uh, their their court to as proof of them moving a false claim. Yeah, but if, but they won their case. Right. So how can you use their case saying, "See, it's a false case. They won." That doesn't make sense. That's not going to work in your favor. Okay. I had some questions on that. Let's see, just quickly, though, um, I would say the problem right now is you're going to lose everything because you're not paying. So right. not only are you going into court as a debtor, well, not even going into court, but they already got a judgment. But you're right. not only a debtor or a defendant, but you're also in dishonor. That's two right. huge strikes. So you're going to have to at least come back into honor. Okay. and make your payments and hope that everything goes smooth because there's a good chance you'll send your your payment in your letter. You'll have proof of your letter, and they're going to either cash your check or they're going to send it back. If they and cash if they, it, they accepted it. If they send it back, they refused it, showing that there is no debt. Because if right. you owe the money and you're making a payment, they refuse the payment. Why else would they refuse it? If if you owed something, they would take it. Right. And the idea is that they're a corporation. They can't cause harm to a man. So they're going to have to accept the best you can offer them because they can't, they can't cause you harm by forcing you to do any more. They can't threaten right. you or extort you or and take food it- out of your mouth. And how would I proceed if they did uh, refuse payments? It would probably be it would probably be another letter at that point. It would probably just be a bunch of letters. Why would they refuse a payment if they're claiming you owe them a debt and you send right. them a payment and with a letter attached that uh, you don't believe the the debt has been verified and you don't believe the debt is accurate, but in good faith I'm sending you a hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, and uh, we'll be seeking to get this debt verified in the near future. Okay. That's See, it. 
My opinion, my first letter, I would just make the best payment you can offer them. Here's the best I can do and just give them a payment and just keep your mouth shut about the rest of it and and don't show them your next card. And then as soon as they take the payment, then the second letter, send them another payment and say, by the way, uh, I require you guys to verify the debt. And here's something else, too, is this isn't just our crazy beliefs. If you look in the, I'm guessing, both the UCC and the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which I wouldn't, but if you were to look in both of those, it'll tell you certain stuff that they have to do according to their own rules. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm pretty familiar with that because for a while I was going down that path. And, yes, they are required by their own laws to do those things. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, like, they probably use the word validate the debt. I wouldn't say validate, I would say verify. They probably say uh, written delegation of authority. I would probably find some way that a normal guy would say it. Yeah, right. Using it in lawyer words, but you can go okay. through there and, and get ideas. Just make okay. sure you put it in normal man words. Right. But, uh, yeah. I, I have some questions if we get a chance. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Chad Paul. I just wanted to ask the lady, uh, there was something I was unclear about on her story. She said that this debt is coming from a a court that had a judgment, right? Yeah. The the original debt was created through a a credit card, and the debt was was sold to a collection agency, a a third-party debt collector. Yeah, so the third-party debt collector went to court and is now also claiming attorney fees and stuff like that? So the the third-party debt collector slash law firm is, uh, they're the ones who showed up in court today, and the the court says Discover Bank versus Kelly. And um, I I just am highly confused because I do not believe Discover Bank even knows that they're doing this. Did you ever appear in that court in that case? I did appear. Yes, I did appear, and I I, I wish that I would have done things a little differently, but um, uh, but I didn't. Okay, so I, I, I was thinking it was a summary judgment from the administrative court, but I guess if you if it, you appear, it, then it's not summary judgment, is it? No, it was just a, just a judgment that. And yes, I appeared, and and then he the judge. Uh, they got they got their judgment obtained via that way. Well, uh, I'm in administrative court subject to collateral attack from the court of record. Is that am I wrong on that? Well, I, I, uh, the impression I had gotten is that this debt was sold. It was a third party debt collector. If they if these attorneys are acting on behalf of Discover, then uh, you've got a different. Thing altogether. I, I was under the impression these were debt collectors. They, well, not, they, that, that, that's debt, part of. They they say uh, on all of their paperwork this it, this is an attempt to collect a debt. And yes, but the, it's an attempt to collect a, a debt on behalf of Discover. It's not. Uh, yeah, the the case is Discover versus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, at this point, uh, I would I would start writing letters to Discover to whoever 
the CEO as of Discover or the, yeah. the financial officer and uh, let let him know that you are concerned that somebody is acting on their behalf to collect a debt and you require to know if they are authorized to do so. You know, start okay. Off then for the verification. Okay. So uh, okay, you would you still be required to make a good faith payment if if you uh, if you go that route, if you write Discover and say, hey, I think these guys are are saying that there's a debt due that it may not be due, can you verify this debt? Is that still a case where you would send Discover a good faith payment while asking them to verify the debt? The the, uh, the, 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 pay, the payment right now is just a, it's a standard thing. You just uh, you just send it in. Just send them twenty bucks. Send them anything. Yeah, it's not honor. But yeah, you're saying are you're saying se- send it send it to the debt collector. Well, it sounds like on the- it sounds like chances are the account's been closed, and yeah. so I'm not sure where you would send the debt the uh, the payment on the debt. Uh, don't worry about the payment on the debt right now. You need to write to um, the Discover comp- company, the, the the whoever whoever the man is or the woman is that is in charge of uh, of the company or in charge of its finances, and you know, get in touch with somebody in a, in a higher level and let them know that uh, you've got uh, a court case. Send them a copy of the court paperwork and say uh, these you know these attorneys. Uh, claim to be acting on your behalf, I require to know if they are authorized to do so, or you know if they're acting uh, you know, without your without your authority, without your consent. And please let me know as soon as possible, uh, because I wish to settle this matter. Okay. Just, you know, see what you get back, but you got to verify that these attorneys are actually working for uh, for this company and that the debt was not completely shut down and uh, and written off the books as, as a loss. It has been. I've checked. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, if, if it has been, then these guys are not acting on behalf of Discover. So right. write to the CEO and let them know if somebody's acting on their behalf without their consent. I still think no matter what's going on, it's very important that you make a payment and come back into honor so at least you have some standing well right and that would that i understand that but that that's the part that's confusing is well who am i who am i making payment to do i make a payment who, to this who are you making payments or? to before before any of this happened who are you making payments to that was to discover that's right exactly where i would send it to can't, they can't accept the payment, Mike. They, when, when they when they move a case, they close the account. When you fall behind more than 180 days, they close yeah. the account, and then they start collection proceedings. But that's, that's good, though, because then she'll get a letter saying, sorry, we can't accept your payment. Your payment has been transferred to whatever your account, transferred to so-and-so, and you'll always have something in writing. At least you'll have it on record that you attempted to pay. There you go. Send a, send a twenty dollar check and see what happens. And you but could also, at the same time, you could also send a letter to these attorneys trying to collect, and ask them for their whatever you want, however you want to word their written delegation of authority that authorizes them to collect on behalf of the original creditor. Don't say it anything like that, because that sounded pretty lawyer, but. Well, the, the, the problem. 
problem with that is they have, if they are under contract with Discover, they don't have to disclose any conditions of that contract. They don't even have to disclose that the contract exists. But if that's the case, then she has no contract with them. Well, she doesn't have a contract with the attorneys, but they're they're, they're moving a claim, a complaint. Like, uh, they're moving a complaint against her on behalf of Discover. Uh, she can write to well, Discover and, and well, who's find the money going to these these lawyers that are collecting the money. Who are they going to give the money to if they win? They're going. They're going to keep it. Well, they, what they're going to—they've got a lien, and uh, you know, actually, you know what? You can—if the lien was placed on your property, you can look at the lien and see uh, in whose name the lien is. If the lien is the not, lien, the lien is in the name of Discover Bank because that's the name on the the case. Well, that's going to be pretty hard for Discover to verify anything. Uh, no, I, I also, I was trying to, I, I had my husband uh, who send a letter to Discover Bank, the CEO or whatever of Discover Bank, uh, asking why they believe they have right to administrate his property. And, um, and then I attached a copy from the bank that ha- shows that there's a, an encumbrance on the property uh, with Discover Bank, from Discover Bank. And I was hoping that they would write back saying something like, uh, oh, I, you know, there's a judgment or, oh, you know, what, give me some information to, to, you know, of why they think they have right to do that. Because my husband does not have a judgment in his name, right? The judgment is against me. Hello? Who owns the property that the uh, lien is on? Uh, my husband does. So they're putting a lien so on he, his property? Well, yeah, no, that's the, that's the second part is that his name is on the mortgage. His name is, uh, he's the only one who makes payment. Um, I, I don't make any payments at all. Okay. So uh, that was the other thing is he's, you know, he hold he, I don't have any, um, the, the house was purchased in his, prior to us being married. Who, who signed their name to order the lien? Like who proposed this lien and what? Hey, Mike, hold on, hold on a second. Uh, this is going to drive me nuts. Uh, I can only handle so much conversation about. Uh, one topic. Uh, hey, Kelly, do me a favor. Yeah. You're in the groups and get your paperwork together and yeah. uh, find some people in the group that are interested in knowing more and learning more about this. And, uh, you know, just start some conversations. And, and Mike's in the group. Uh, actually, the group, uh, the common law group is his group. So, you know, you're in there. Uh, just start a conversation and then. Uh, you know, see where it goes. But you know, we can go round and round about this in the yeah. next three hours. Uh, right. I need to take a break from. You know, we can come back to it. You know, after some other people come through. But uh, it, it's just uh, I, I can only talk about one case for so long. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, how many have good ideas? Are, are you are you just in the common law room for now? Uh, I think I'm in the the ner- is it nerds were. 
Word, Word nerd, and uh, in the common law group. Okay, well, I'm in both. Just find me. I, I don't know if I'm under common law or Mike Miller, but find okay. me in one of those rooms and send me a, a contact request, and then I'll send you a list of different Skype rooms. You can decide which ones you want to be added to. Okay. Mike, Kelly, I just put your contact information into okay. uh, Mike's uh, Mike Skype. Perfect. Uh, I was just okay. Sounds good. We can connect that way and uh, enjoy. Thanks for the thanks for the discussion. And no problem. All right. Uh, South Nevada, you get your hand up. Go ahead and uh, chime in. Hey, what's up, Gus? How are you? I'm I'm Luis. Hey, Luis. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't haven't had a chance to read all your all that you wrote. I've I've been straight out for a couple of weeks now. I just got too much going on. No problem. I I understand you guys must be busy answering a lot of people, but um, I I kind of fixed it a little and um, I send it out, see what happens. But um, I wanna I wanna give you a little background on this matter just so you can understand a little better, if if I can. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. What, what uh, I don't I don't even remember what you were writing to me about. So just start yeah. from the beginning. Perfect. So um, I applied, or yeah, I, I went to this to this company, and uh, in order to work for them is life insurance, so you need to get a license in order to to sell that and securities and and all of that. So um, I did the whole process, went to school, and went to the state and applied or did the test because you have to pass the test, did the fingerprints, and you know this was before I I learned about you guys and, and this simple method. Um, so once that happened, I, I applied, I submitted the application so I can get my license through, through the Nevada licensing department. And, um, I, I have a conviction in, in my record that that alone is a whole another, uh, situation. But because of that, it popped up on, on the background and the, the state here is re- asking and, and, and asking for more papers. Oh, why, why you have this? And we need a letter from your probation officer, and we need a letter from over here, and we need that. So after, I don't know, maybe like two, three months that they were making this really, really hard, I kind of got suspicious that there was something going on because, like I said, I've been kind of digging into this for a while, so I know that they can be corrupt. And um, so I I asked a couple of questions to the chief of, of the department. And uh, she sent, she replied to me kind of aggressive, saying that the burden of proof was on me if I wanted to get my license. I needed to provide the things that I that they require or request of me. And um, and she sent me a code. It's uh, US, U, USC 18, uh, subsection 1033 and, and 34. And so I went and started reading. And it says it's very specific. I went all the way back to the act. Uh, when they put the act together, the the section in the act, the code itself, then the NAIC, which is a, a guide that they use. Uh, I guess I don't really understand who who. I, oh, it's the commission, I guess, for the licensing too. Somehow they they put the guidelines down, and everything that I read, it says that um, it, you're either a um, prohibited individual or person or a non-prohibited, and if you're not a non-prohibited then you should just walk right through and they should give you the license. And what makes it, the difference is any conviction that um, 
the the crime has uh, involved dishonesty or breach of trust only. And I went and looked, and, and there's actually a case from New York, and it, it it digs in very specific into so what what is it that they mean when they use those words? And so nothing that I was involved with activates that code, and I made that clear to them. I said, well. I wrote back to her after I read it, and I said, "Well, thank you so much. I, I've always been nice to them." And um, yeah, I said, well, I, I remember, uh, I remember the conversation we, we were talking on Saturday. Right, right. Yeah. Hold on. Who are you applying for a job with? For Primerica. Primerica, and they want right. you to be licensed to sell real estate. I mean, sell uh, insurance. Right, because I'm I'm gonna be dealing with people's social security numbers and account numbers. Yeah, no, and that, that's why I don't need to know why. So they want you to be licensed, and right. who is it that's preventing you from from uh, being approved? It's the, it's the li- the licensing chief, and the way that I kind of understand is this group of of people uh, re- um, review the cases. You know, when people. Uh, um, apply for the license, this group of, of uh, government officials review and they ask you for anything that is missing or tell you to sign papers okay. that, that you need. And then they go and put it in front of the uh, commissioner and then the commissioner is the one that decides whether you get it or you don't. Okay, and so, which commissioner? The insurance commissioner? Right, the insurance commissioner. So my papers haven't even made it to the commissioner because they keep on asking me for stuff. Okay, who's asking stupid stuff? Um, that lady, the 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 chief. She's the chief. Joy, um, Joy Miller, the chief, and um, that's who I. Chief of what? I'm sorry. What is she the chief of? Uh, of the licensing department. I think they deal with life, uh, securities, and some other type of licenses. But it all has to do with this kind of stuff. Okay. And so you've been writing to them, sending them all the stuff that they want. They're saying that they cannot approve you because of a conviction, and that conviction has nothing to do with triggering a uh, an the event. They're on yeah. to block me, right? All right. Have you written to her any letters at all? Um, no, because the the first time that I that I learned about the letters um, was when I started listening to you guys in a specific when I talked to you Saturday. So I, I, I um, draft a letter. I have a copy right in front of me. But that was okay. the first physical <laughs> letter that I sent to her boss because after I spoke to her, um, they kind of – I Primerica called me to go into their office, and then we talked – we called Joy. And then altogether, they were very against me. They said that you always do what the state tells you to do because they have the power to deny your license and blah, blah, And I said, no, you guys are wrong. And specific, specifically to this, that I already researched, and they're in the wrong. So anyways, I, I talked to her. She asked me for more stuff. I said, okay, I'll, I'll get this. But in the meantime that I was getting more papers sent to me from New York, um, I studied the code again. And I said, no, I'm, I'm right. I know that I'm right. And I read the, the, the contract, the request that they made me fill out. And it also has some words that they told me that it meant something else when, when I looked them up. I realized what it made, what it, um, what it means. Like for example, I needed to give them uh, an authorized document um, or an official document that shows the resolution of the case. And before they told me that it wasn't official, simply because it had no seals 
in those signatures, but the paper was directly from the uh, government, from a federal agency, from a federal okay. agent with her phone number in case anybody had any questions. So it's definitely official. What's the uh, What's the lady's name that's that's stopping this from going through? Um, Joy Joy Miller. All right. So have you? You said you're writing a letter to Joy right now. No, I'm sorry. I I spoke to her over the phone and through emails, and then once I didn't get resolution from her, I I spoke to another guy in the legal department, and then he couldn't help me, so he gave me the name for Joy's supervisor. And the letter that I drafted was to Joy's supervisor. Okay, but uh, so far, Joy's supervisor has not been involved, correct? Right. This would be the first time that I'm getting her involved. And I have the letter in front of me. Hold on, hold on. Before you write to Joy's supervisor, give Joy one more chance Write her a letter and say, you know, dear Joy, uh, I, a man, am writing to you as the woman who acts as supervisor for the Nutcracker Company. And Well, uh, I actually sent out the letter already that I messed up. Send it out. Okay. I sent I send it to the to her supervisor, the letter. Couldn't wait to get on the call tonight? Um, no, because <laughs> To be honest, um, I've been dealing with this for like six months, and I it, the, it it's too hard to explain to you how the company works. No, but I, it's no, I, on, I, and I and I appreciate your honesty. It's, it's, uh, um, the the thing is that is um, it's commission based. So when you come in, you don't get commission. In, I mean, yeah, you don't get commission until you get your license, but you can hit some bonuses. So I quit my other job, and you know I got on this, and I was making uh, progress with it. But then four or five months pass by and they're still blocking my license so I can't move forward anymore because I need oh, I, to be I, licensed I, to make yeah, money. You just found out about letter writing this past weekend. And, right. You, know, you could have waited one more day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just to let you know how to... what what Tell me what you wrote to her supervisor. Okay. Um, I said, Dear Nicole whatever her name is, greetings. I believe that you are the woman that I need to talk to. I am a man known as Luisa La Torre. believe I am being uh, wronged and harmed by the department you supervise. And specific, Joy Miller, the woman that sometimes acts as a producer licensing chief. She has been and continues to trespass on my property by way of breach of duty, wrongfully administering my property uh, slash case. Um, over the last five months or so, I have been in the process of pro- um, provide. Oh, I'm sorry, I've been in the process and provided the sufficient papers to prove beyond any reasonable doubt that I am not a prohibited individual. I believe I am not required to provide any more documents, and there is no reason, according to the law, why my case should be continued to be interfered with. This situation has and continued to cause me and my family harm, and. Oh, with every second that my case continues to be interfered with. I require the woman known as Joy Miller to cease and desist against my property and to be disciplined uh, for wrongdoing. Um, I remember at a loss as to how to proceed. For your convenience, I have copied and highlighted everything that shows the purpose of the U.S. 18 subsection 1033 and 1034 and the common definition of some words otherwise not provided by the codes. It also shows beyond reasonable doubt that my particular case does not fit in the description of a prohibited individual. 
I require immediate restoration of my case to be put in order with good faith and to be presented to the commissioner without any more unnecessary delay, together, together with this letter and documents enclosed. If you are not the woman with the authority to resolve this matter, please quickly hand over this um, correspondence to the man or woman with proper authority to do so, and please let me know who I should send the correspondence to. Give the, given this matter has already been um, drawn out a lengthy amount of time, please respond, with, respond within five days of receiving this letter. Thank you for your time. I am Louise Verified in the date. All right. Well, there's two good things you've got going for you. Uh, number one, uh, it's really long, so she's probably going to ignore it. And number two, you probably haven't been paying attention long enough to have written that by hand. So it's just going to look I like write by hand. you wrote the whole thing by hand. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow! How's your handwriting? Is it is it nasty? No, my my fiance says that she loves it, so it's very understandable. <laughs> <laughs> How many pages was that? It's just one. It's it's both sides of one page. Wow, one you got small handwriting. Yeah, <laughs> I try to compact it as much as I could, but I wanted to, you know, well, hopefully, uh, the whole hopefully, hopefully Nicole doesn't see real well and won't pay too much attention to it. Jeez. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> That's way too long, and okay. it's. It, uh, you got to keep this stuff real, real short, okay? The, the first letter, so you can start over. Let's pretend this never happened. Uh, okay. You know, you're going to write, the, is it Joy or Joyce? Um, Joyce. Yeah, I always get confused. Uh, it's Joy. Okay. You know, uh, greetings, Joy. Joy. You know, uh, I am in write to you, the woman who acts as supervisor, to let you know that the delay in the mm -hmm. process uh, this delay in the process of, of uh, whatever your license thing is is causing me uh, loss, and I would appreciate uh, to hear from you as to why it's taking so long. Kind regards, Luis. That's it. That's your that's your letter, and, okay. and let her. You know, you want to start a conversation. You want to just keep it real nice. Just just start a conversation. If you write this, you know, this long letter. First of all, you know, she does get paid by the hour, but she's probably not going to spend a whole lot of time reading something uh, unless it's right to the point. Uh, you know, she's got other things that she's supposed to be doing. Right. So, you know, real short letter, you know, Joy, you know, this is called, you know, I'm writing you man to man, okay? I'm in the nature of man. My, my character is Luis, but my nature is that of man, and you know she's a woman, so her nature is in, you know her nature is that of man also so uh you probably a woman could write to a man and say, "I'm writing to you man to man, but a guy should not use that language. A guy should not write to a woman and say, "I'm writing to you man to man." The woman's not going to take it real well. The guy, on the other hand, would understand what the woman was saying but the other way around, it ain't going to work. So just, just write her a nice letter, uh, right to the point. This is causing me some loss, and I, I really wish to hear from you as to what exactly you, you need uh, from me to move this along. You know, whatever, but keep it really, really, really simple. And 
give her 10 days, you know, get, it, it, how far is she from where you are? Is it fairly close? Yes. Um, yeah, we're in the same state. It's, um, same I don't county know. Or, or is it the same county or is it three, four, five hundred miles away? No, it, it's, it's less than a hundred. I'm, I'm in Las Vegas, so she's, I think, either in the same or in, in a neighbor. And, and Vegas is really not that big at all. Okay. Well, so uh, if you send her a letter, she'd get it within a couple of days. So you can wait oh, yeah. five or six days. And uh, six days, yeah, I'd wait six days anyway, six business days. And then write to her again and, and uh, say, uh, hey, Joy, uh, this is Luis again. I'm, I'm writing to you because I have not heard from you uh, in regards to the letter I sent you last week. I've attached a copy for your convenience. Uh, I, I wish to hear back from you as soon as possible. Uh, kind regards, and catch the copy of the first letter. Send it out to her. And if you don't hear back within five or six days, then you write to Nicole and say, Nicole, I'm writing to you uh, because I've got this issue that I'm dealing with. I've written a couple of letters to Joy. She has not responded. Is there a man or a woman with authority to help me out that I can write to and, and get this mess cleared up? But at all times, when you write these letters, you're writing... Uh, I'm a man, and I'm writing to you as the man or the woman who acts in this capacity. And uh, but you know, you got to keep these things. The, the the piece of paper should look almost empty. Okay. 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 Almost nothing on there. Now, Mike has a group, and it's a letter writing group. So if you're in if you're in uh, Word Nerds or if you're in Common Law, you know, just and different people have different groups. You know, Mike. I mean. Uh, Mark in Michigan, he's got a group on property taxes. So, you know, if you're interested in in a, in a specific subject, like Kelly is, uh, get into that group and just ask around, hey, do you guys have a group going on dealing with this? And you might find three or four uh, groups that, that you might be interested in. And if you participate, you know, no, nobody's interested in, in spending all their time solving your problems. So people people are here to learn, and so together you're going to work, and if they see that you contribute to their understanding, they'll be a whole lot more likely to help you out. So, you know, you got to work together. Everybody's got to work together, and we're all going to learn together. There's uh, In Word Nerds, you know, what we focus on is learning how to apply uh, the proper word to what we're talking about, punctuation, grammar, letter writing skills, those are the kinds of things we do. So uh, if you're going to post a letter in Word Nerds, make damn sure that it's really short. Because if it's, if it's more than five or six sentences, uh, you've already gone too far. Uh, okay. you, know, you just keep shrinking it and shrinking it down. And once you've got it to five or six sentences, uh, you can post it in Word Nerds and say, hey, could you help me out with this? But you're not going to get any help if you have not been contributing. You know, this is an ongoing process. If you don't contribute, people are going to see you, the new guy, put in a letter looking for help, and they're going to say, well, yeah, i got to do the dishes. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to kind of work your way in and prove yourself to these to these other people that are in the group that you're not just there you know, for your own stuff. You're there to learn and to create a lifestyle for yourself. 
Yeah. This whole process, this whole way of looking at things is is really a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. All right, what's that noise? Oh, it's just my, I'm, I'm getting texts as we oh, speak. Oh, okay. the phone vibrating. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, so uh, I would go ahead and write that first letter to Joy. And okay. uh, don't worry about what you sent. I don't think they're going to pay a whole lot of attention to it. Okay, sounds good, man. Well, thank you so much, Gus. We'll yeah, no time. problem. And, and stay, stay in touch. You know, it's, I'm here. You know, this is my community service every week. You know, this is I'm here every Wednesday, and I'll do at least two hours. Uh, if things roll along fast enough, I'll, I'll stick around. But uh, I'm here every week, every Wednesday night. You know, you got questions, come on back. Perfect, man. I'll I'll be here too. Thank you so much for your help, Gus. You're welcome. Take care. All right, floor is open. Hello, this is Aquila from Brooklyn. Hey, Aquila. How are you? I'm good. I still got cookies left. Well, I I, I highly I found that highly hard to believe, but if you do, you do. I I do. I'm gonna. I just I just noticed I still had the box over here. I thought they were all gone. They're individually wrapped, so they're not going to go bad. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I got six left. Oh, you got half. I've been good. It's not easy to stay on a diet, you know. I'm always dying to try it. I got one of the best diets you can get on, and you don't have to worry about counting calories, any of that. It's a seafood diet. See the food eat it. There you go. That's what yeah. I do, but then I'll, you know, work out or something. That's right. So what's going on? Um, you know, basically, they, I got the letter sent back, which I sent to the lawyer. Um, it sent to the right address, but the suite number wasn't on it, so I put that on it and resend it back. That's all I did. I took pictures of it as well. So, anyways, that's what I did. So I'm just still waiting. And okay. Uh, so... You put, they put in a claim, a, uh, a complaint, yeah, and they want a, you to remove. They want the court to force you to remove the the mechanics claim. Right, but I'm not going to do that they, um, until they come. No, but you you wrote back and you you uh, you told them that you require a hearing so you can be heard. Yes. And what's this letter you just got? No, no, no. That was the. I had the same one to the clerk which I left at the court, and one to the lawyer. So I sent the one to the lawyer by mail, and that's the one that came back. And so I just sent it out. I believe that was yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So, yep. So I sent it back. So just I'm waiting on to see. Have you heard? uh, Have they scheduled a uh, a hearing yet? As far as I know, not yet. You know, because I get my mail at a certain uh, if I were you, I would write a notice for the court. Uh, I, I would write another notice, very similar to the ones that you've done before, and right. put something into the court that you require. Uh, you know that you require, you're a woman, and you have the right to be compensated for your time, your your time, your your energy, your creativity is your property. You have a right to be compensated for it, and. Uh, that you, uh, you, you know, actually, 
don't know, send a letter to the clerk, maybe, letting her know. Nah, I'd put a notice into the court. Put right, right up a real simple notice. Um, you know, and all you're doing is just you're you're letting them know the same exact stuff you've already said. And but you don't want Marcia them. But the too, to the chief judge, with a man that no, 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 just a notice. When you give a notice in a court, in a case, you're giving a public notice. If you give a judicial notice, then you're giving a notice to the judge. But if you if you give a, uh, a reg, you know, just a plain notice, that's like going down to the uh, bulletin board at the supermarket and posting it on the wall and then putting it into the church bulletin and, you know, having them post it every, you know, over the weekend at, at the church service and, you know, you, okay. you're giving public notice. So when you put notice into the court case, you're giving public notice to whoever happens to be paying attention to the court case. Already then. So um, just put just put something real, real simple in there to let them know that you still believe what you believe, and that you uh, you, you just want to let them know that you, you did not abandon anything. Already. Well, I'm going to do that tomorrow, God's role, because the quote is not too harsh, so I can just put that in. Well, don't, Excuse me? don't put anything in there until, until you show I it. I know. Somebody. I'm going to let you check it. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah I'll let the, I'm still out of town, so I'll be okay. back, back by my computer, God's role, tomorrow, but I'll get right, well, now. There's, there's no rush. You know, you can you can get it done in the next few days. Put it in on Monday if you want. All righty, then. I'll, uh, I'll should be back home, and then I'll... You know, I'll Skype that to you. Yeah, just uh, just don't let thirty days go by. You know, you got to let oh, them know you're still you. interested. I got you. So I'm gonna keep pursuing. It. All right, all right. As if everybody shout out, donate to um, ones that help you. Call Gus, Larry, and whomever. Just donate. Don't forget that. Donate, and you know we help. It's community service, but we're helping one another. So just don't forget to donate. Who who help you? All right. That's my two cents for this evening. Have a good night. <laughs> well, I'll still listen in. All right. All right. All right, floor's open. If you've got, uh, there's a lot of people on, on their computers. Uh, most of you on computers are not, uh, if you're not tuned in with your phone. So if you've got a question, um, okay. If, yeah, if you've got a question, just uh, post it up here. All right. We all done for the night? Hey, this is cool. We're... We're still under two hours. All right, uh, Luis, yeah. All right, looks like we might be done. Yes, how would one sign a Informa Properous with N-A? Uh, Informa Properous, Informa, Papyrus, uh, papyrus. Sorry, it's in a pauper. You know, like you've got no money, pauper. And uh, how would you sign it? Well, 
you would uh, not sign it. You don't use their forms. You would go to the court and say, I require uh, this mm-hmm. file. And I, oh, your phone's still making noise there, Luis. Uh, do me a favor, just mute out. Luis? Yeah. Yeah, just mute. Hit star six to mute out so your phone doesn't ring anymore. Oh, sorry. Your, your text messages are still coming. So um, you're, you're looking to get a case filed, and you, and it, uh, you don't want to have to pay the fee because you ain't got the cash. So uh, let them know that you will pay the fee after the case goes through if you lose, and if uh, you win, then they can pay the fee because it's you're going to include it in the court fees. But it depends where you're at, and I haven't had a chance to um, to follow up on this, but most state constitutions, when they create the judiciary, they, they have language in there which specifically describes that uh, justice is to be free. And, you know, these are public courts. They're public buildings. Uh, you know, they can charge filing fees to the attorneys that go there because the attorneys are using the courthouse. But you're a man, and that's, you know, that's a public building. That's, that's your money that paid for that building to begin with. So there's a lot of different ways to handle that. And uh, the it's very similar to the highways. Okay, a man uses the highways freely, but if you're engaged in any kind of commercial activity, you know, uh, like driving a car, that you have to pay tolls. You have to support the uh, the infrastructure because only a man, you know, the, the government exists for the benefit of man. Those roads are created for man's benefit. If you're going to use those commercially to drive a car or to uh, transport, then you uh, you know you have to pay the fees, and it, it's very much the same in, in court. You know the uh, the the roadways are private right of ways. They, they were all created as a right of way to get from one piece of property to another, so from from one land mass to another. So when land was subdivided, they put in right of ways, and those right of ways eventually became streets. So these are all public public land, and no different than a public courthouse. But if you're going to use these public lands, then uh, yeah, for commercial use, you you got to pay the fees that go along with that because those uh, those were not given up by the owners of that private property for use uh, commercially. They were given up for private use. So uh, you know, to maintain those roads, they collect on them commercially, and to maintain the courthouse and to pay for the staff, they collect fees. But it's your courthouse. You're, you know, you're a you're a man, a woman. Uh, it, it's a man or a woman that built that courthouse. All the expenses were paid for already, and uh, it's maintained by whoever pays those fees to use it commercially. That's that's why they allow commercial business to go on in these courts. It it would be interesting to see uh, the public record on how much the bar association pays for the use of the public courthouse to conduct their business. Yeah, it would. It certainly would. In Effingham County, it's $2.7 million a year. Yep, they, uh, yeah, but Mike, the, uh, 
I'm sorry. Well, uh, Dave was just talking, and, and he's talking about the courthouses where he's at, where uh, the clerk admitted to them that the Bar Association actually, uh, you get the crown up there. The, the crown is renting the courthouse every month. And they actually, they rent the courthouse, and then they pay for judges to come in uh, to to do business, to, to moderate their stuff, their private business. And the public pays for it. No, yeah. they don't. These, uh, it's it's the uh, they they pay the judges to show up. The attorneys don't. The attorneys don't pay to use the court. Yes, they do. They pay filing fees. All those filing fees are collected, and uh, the, the the crown rents the courthouse, and. Uh, they assign a judge to come in to, uh, well, they, you know, like if you're doing work on your road and you need a cop to come out there and do some detail work, okay, you're, you're, you're renting a cop for, you know, for eight hours or whatever you need them for to provide some safety or whatever it is you're doing. And it's no different. These guys rent the courthouse and they rent a judge to, to work for six hours, a man or a woman acting as judge, who's authorized by Parliament to do what they do, and uh, they pay they pay their salaries for, for showing up. The, the people pay the judge's salary the rest of the time, but when those judges are sitting in those courthouses that are rented, you know, they're on loan. No different than a cop doing detail work. So I think that's just for the bar. But if you look at it, a public building, I think you'll find that the people are paying the rent for the superior and the district courts in those buildings. The the, the people put up the initial money for the courthouse, but the the courthouse is maintained by the money that comes in uh, because they charge filing fees to bar members because bar members are using these courts commercially for whatever it is they're doing. There's not when a man walks into that public building, that's a man's you know, he has the right to use that building, no different than he has the right to use the library. Yeah, I I agree. I called my county treasurer and was told that the rent for those two corporations come from the county fund and the state fund. Okay. So they're double dipping, but I mean, my point is that the people are paying the rent for those two corporations in that type of courthouse. I'm curious if it happens uh, across the nation. And all you'd have to do is call your treasurer and ask him if uh, the court pays rent. Yeah. I have a, a question regarding. Um, the contract when you when you ap- appear or when you present yourself in a statutory court and you require the public law to be read on the record or the contract that you're working under, what, what's the proper procedure? What's the what's the right way to go about requiring? Uh, it, it depends on whether you're moving a claim or if you're. Uh, if you're defending yourself. I think most people would be in a position where they would defend themselves. Okay. So is, is that... 
it's two it's two different things. Wh- whoever's moving the case is responsible for putting. Uh, hey, Jan- hey, Janine, you're uh, you're making a lot of noise. Can you mute out? Thank you. Janine. Yep. Yep. Thank you. So, uh, if you're if you're the one who's moving a claim through a court, you're gonna uh, put the law of the case into the court. And the, for instance, if you're moving a case of deretry, you're gonna you're gonna make the claim that uh, someone does trespass, and they do so by way of deretry. The deretry began on a particular day and uh, it continues to this day, and you wish, or it might have terminated already. You know, the, the, the directory began on the 10th of, of, of uh, March 2015 and ended on you know, April 3rd. So there was 12 days of directory, and, and you're looking for $100 a day. So you know, whatever compensation you, you seek. So the law of the case is directory. So you're going to put that right in there. And then when they come after you, uh, they meaning the legal society, the statutory side, you know, whoever the, the, you know, the, whoever's on the other side. It could be a private man, you know, but they would do the same thing if they're acting in their private capacity as a man. Uh, but if they're uh, coming at you from a position of, uh, you know, it, on behalf of some public entity, you know, like a speeding ticket, for instance, whoever's moving that case is going to put the law of the case. They're, they're going to say it is statute number 23-17 or 243.6 or however you guys run your statutes or your ordinances or the, uh, you know, the, the, but it's a code of some sort. And... All of those codes, all of those uh, ordinances are contract law. They apply because of the social contract that you engage in in society. And in order, uh, it, in order for that to apply, you, you know, they can only apply that to a member of the of that particular society. And when you walk into court, uh, you look at the contract. If you look at the statutes and read through them, it's going to tell you who it applies to. And it does not apply to a man. It applies to a person. And so you walk, you know, you, when you defend yourself, you appear solely as man, without title, without representation, in common law at all times, for the purpose of settling a claim. Where's the man that makes a claim against me? Have I done wrong, injury? Have I caused loss? Have I breached a contract? What's going on? Where's the Where's the contract? Who says I was operating under the contract? You know, somebody has to take the oath or, or affirm that these things happened. So, so that's how the law of the case gets in. You know, gets put in there. Now, the public law or the codification of the law. Well, the public law applies to whom? If it's a public law, uh, it's going to say to who it applies. It, you know, it might apply to uh, Chinamen that are over five foot six, and doesn't apply to anybody else. It's going to say who it applies to in that in that public law. But if they're proceeding under a codification of the public law, it should still be codified as to who it applies to. 
you can tell them to bring the public law that was signed and acted into the court and show me how it applies to me, Gus Breton. Okay, you show me where my name is in that thing. I don't, I don't think that applies to a man. You know, by this particular, it doesn't. It doesn't apply to me. But uh, if, if you if you look at the codification of it, it, it applies to a person. It applies to some specific thing, which is not you. Still there, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yep, I was um, just working on a court of record and getting the notices put in. Yep. And uh, I was reading the um, um, Courts of Justice Act, which created the courts in Ontario. And it uh, specifies that the superior courts are a court of record. However, the divisional courts are uh, the provincial offenses courts are not a court of record. So if you wish to bring in the common law into into the provincial courts, the provincial offenses courts, you are not operating within a within a court of record. And this this is where you would have to evoke your right as a as a man to common law. That's right. That's where you you give your notice of appearance, or and you don't call it that. You don't. You just give notice, you know, and you you let them know this is how I appear, and that's it. And you know, I appear solely as man, without title, with, without uh, representation. I'm not here to represent myself. I'm not here pro se. I'm I'm here only as man. No, I'm not Uncle Joe. No, I'm not a Maytag repair guy. I'm not. I'm not taking on any title. Yeah. And, and that's your common law. That's where you stand in common law. And you're, you're, you can say I evoke common law and I evoke my right to blah blah blah, or you can just say you know I appear in court this way and I require the claim to be verified. Get somebody on the stand who can point their finger at me and say that I. I did them wrong. Now, there's going to be plenty of witnesses that said you were doing 78 miles an hour uh, through through a 55-mile-an-hour zone or whatever. You know, there, there's going to be plenty of witnesses to the facts, but there's no, there's no one that's going to show up and claim that they were harmed or injured or had any kind of a loss. They're only, they're only going to show up to claim that, that you breached uh, some kind of contract. So you know, then it's upon them to prove that there is a contract, and that you are that you were operating under that contract at that time. And is this what if they what if the they imply that you're operating under that contract? Then you have, you know you you have a notice that you save for the very end of the case, and the judge says. Uh, yeah, he looks at you when the man acting as judge looks at you and says, uh, "Do you have anything to say about this?" He, he said, "My, my, you know, uh, my answer to your question is in the court of record. It's in that paperwork you've got up there, whatever you call that. Okay, you can call it anything you want. Just give it a name at the top, fire hydrant. 
Okay, my, my answer to your question is in the fire hydrant that's before you because that's what I call my paperwork. And if you look at the last page, that's where you'll find the answer. And that's that's a notice that you require the case discharged because uh, no man came forward to uh, to verify that you were operating under a contract. It might be your first page. You know, chances are your entire case is going to be on uh, your entire court of record, if you want to call it that, is going to be uh, you know three pages, four pages long. Your notices, everything. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot there. But you, you can simply say, I've already said everything I have to say. You, you get the paperwork right before you. Yeah, that's why, that's why I was con wondering how they imply consent is, is much the same like they imply uh, jurisdiction just by by responding to them they assume or presume that they have jurisdiction. Yeah, you can, you can acknowledge give a notice. You, one of the notices, um, and I haven't really run this by Carl, so I don't know how he feels about this, but uh, one of the notices that I believe should be put in there when you're dealing with a statutory thing is, you know, I rescind, revoke, and withdraw consent to any form of contract or agreement that a that I may have uh, unwittingly agreed to, or unknowingly, uh, or, you know, or that, that, express that, written, that, written consent. Yeah, you know, that, something like that. Just something. But not in those legally legalese terms. Yeah, I I would I would uh, I revoke, rescind, and withdraw consent from any agreement which you presume that I have entered into uh, without. Full full knowledge of or whatever you you know when you when you start thinking about it it comes out a lot better than I just said it but you know that one notice being put in there uh, to remove presumptions and assumptions that you are are willingly operating under a contract that you know nothing about is probably a good notice to put in it's probably a much simpler way to do it but uh, you know giving notice certainly clears the air. I guess. Yes. How about something like, I, a man, believe that this agreement or contract harms I. I rescind, revoke any agreement. Well, that depends on uh, if if you know there's a contract and you, like, for instance, if you've got a driver's license and you don't wish to be under that contract anymore, uh, then you revoke it. You know, you revoke it yeah. and rescind it specifically, and you attach it as an exhibit, Exhibit A, and right. uh, you know a copy of it, and you specifically revoke that particular thing, and you do so, uh, uh, you know that that you no longer uh, wish to to receive the benefit of this contract, and just revoke uh, it. So if I want to rescind a driver's license, I man believe this harms I. I wish to revoke and rescind this agreement. See Exhibit A. Done. Yeah, you can, you can say it harms you, or you can simply say that you no longer you know, wish to have the benefit of this contract. 
I don't know why you're revoking it. You might have no use for it. I really don't. Yeah, I, I, you know, as I go from point A to point B, where they can't touch me. Well, that's that's fine, but you you know you can revoke and, and rescind something simply because you have no use for it anymore. Okay. Or or maybe it's become a burden or whatever. There's a bunch of different reasons you can put down, but just give them some kind of a reason, and uh, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, but you have to, you do have to attach the specific contract if you if you know what it is, and if you're speaking about it, attach the contract as an exhibit so they know what the heck you're talking about. So take a photocopy of it, make it, and say see exhibit A. Yep. Right. Sounds good day. I do have a question though. Go ahead. Is the other man uh, done asking you questions? Uh, Dave, you all set? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. All right. I uh, totally annihilated Fayette County. I beat him every time as a defendant, but guess what? Another county arrested me Monday night, and I've never done a claim before, and I don't know if I should go a claim or... Do as a defendant, do it on the court of record, do and I've never done anything right before. I've always won verbally, but I'm ready to step up my game. What do you think? Uh, uh, I don't know what you know. So it's, uh, are you in the Skype rooms at all? Oh, yeah, I'm in the Skype rooms. All right, so you've been watching the chatter, you've been reading along for a while? Uh, last... March, I got my Nolly Pro Se cues, and now they don't put me on the docket in Fayette County, and the cops are not allowed on my property in Fayette County, but Effingham County picked me up the other night, and they didn't know who I was, so they went ahead and put I in jail, and they said I under, had under 2.5 grams of marijuana in the car. No one claimed it, so they arrested I for it. Yeah, well, the question was, have you been following the chat in the Skype groups. Oh, yeah. I'm, well, I'm not 24-7 because I own my own business. But do I watch oh. them? Do I listen to a lot of Carl's YouTubes? Do I listen to tons of talk shows by Carl, yourself, and Mike? Yes. Okay. So so you've got a pretty good idea of what you're capable of doing? Mm-hmm. Right. I, just never done a, I just never done a claim before. Well, I would not do a claim. I I would do letter writing. I I believe in letter writing. I don't really believe in doing a claim unless you absolutely have to do it. And if you do it, you you better be already hooked up with other people that are doing them because uh, they they're not uh, as easy as you you know. Carl says it's so simple. It's you know it's scary. And the yeah, idea, the concept, the principles, they are. Well, he, say, he says if Eager ever gets arrested, he runs down like lightning and have a claim filed before they even got their case filed. No, he didn't say that. He says he answers them immediately. Oh. He doesn't let stuff linger. He doesn't say okay. he puts a claim in. Okay. So you want to address things immediately, and you address them by writing a letter. Okay. I should so, notice probably the judge, the prosecutor, 
that's the kind of stuff that you, that's the reason you get into the Skype groups and you watch the, the, the Skype stuff so you can see who's writing letters, who they're writing it to, why they're writing, you know, how these letters are coming out. So I'd encourage you to pay attention to the chat. I know it can be wordy. I, I keep the word nerds down to a minimum. Uh, you know, I mean, we chat on there, but we try to keep it really, you know, focused. And uh, it's real easy to see. I mean, I, I some of the chat rooms, like the guys in England, these guys have – the groups are huge. So on any given day, you'll see two or 300 messages go through there. But I, they're, I they're just fired up a Skype, and there's like 250 like, messages. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the uh, I, I was away for, I don't know, five days or something like that when I went to see Carl a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, and uh, you know, I came back and there was 1,200 messages on common law. You know, so it, it can be uh, extensive. You don't have to read all of them. Just just look for something that works for you and and start keeping track. And uh, it, it doesn't take too long to figure out who's putting up good stuff. You know, if you're on Word Nerds, you know, I want to publicly thank, you know, you guys. I, I am not on Word Nerds. I'm in common law and... Uh... Yeah, well, uh, Mike, one other one, but I'm not in your I'm not in your words nerds uh, Skype chat. Okay, well let's just get a hold of me. Let me know you want to get in there. Um, okay. You know, and I've got no problem kicking people out, people who just chatter, uh, you know, and don't stay on point. But uh, because that group is meant to be really, really focused. There's other places like Common Law. Is if I want to talk about something else, I go to Common Law and I talk about some other Common Law stuff. Uh, the, the group that Mike has, but he's also got uh, groups for letter writing, you know, and you, you guys uh, should start your own stuff. There. I mean, if you got 70 or 80 people in, in a letter writing group, uh, you know, it, it should be very easy to find people that you think a lot alike, you know, all of you think alike, and form a subgroup where, you know, you, you're just going to help each other out because you're all dealing with uh, building codes, or you're all dealing with, you know, uh, vaccinations, or whatever it is you're dealing with. You know, find people who who, who have the similar interest and form these groups. But uh, you know, the letter writing is the way to go. And if if you don't know how to do it, uh, you know, get tuned in because it's 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 at the very top of the list of, of things you need to know how to do. Yeah, I, I've done some letter writing. I went and verbally talked with all these people. But uh, I was just kind of put the judge on notice. They're going to put the prosecutor on notice. And the man that unlawfully detained us is going to put him on notice. And then they took the car, of course. So I'm going to put the towing company on notice that that man stole my property. And he's he send him the bill. Wow. I mean, I'm probably going to get the property out. I'm still sending the bill. Yeah, it, it, yeah. The, these things can run a long time. Uh, when you're dealing with uh, with traffic issues and, and tow trucks, uh, you know, get your stuff out and, and deal with the residue. Don't don't let it build up into a nightmare. Yeah, they want to keep start charging storage fees, fifteen dollars a day. Yeah, that's cheap. Yeah, I was gonna put the man on notice that you're in possession of stolen property or. You know, it was Rob uh, from my from this man. Yeah, gonna, this man yeah. owes you a bill. 
get get your stuff first, and then address them. Don't. Uh, that's exactly what I was gonna do. So I'm glad at least I'm going about it right. Yeah. What's your name? I'm Thomas J. Hey Thomas. Thanks for coming on, man. I've listened to Carl a lot, and I remember when you went down to his farmhouse and stayed with him about six weeks, and he's going to help him get some DVDs up. He's helping with uh, websites, yeah. and I even volunteered. Hell, I'll help you guys with websites. <laughs> I, I have a website, too. Yeah, yeah there's, uh, there's a lot that needs to be done. Uh, the, the biggest part of the work that needs to be done is uh, is helping uh, new people understand how to write letters because uh, writing letters is the first step to knowing how to write a claim. You got to, you know, being able to talk is one thing, but when you when you're speaking to another man, you don't have a record of what happened. I, right. I got a call from somebody today who wanted to know about something, and I let her know right away. Look, you know, for the record, I require everything to be done in writing. Uh, I'm going to give you a heads up right now as to what's going on, and but from now on, uh, I, I require this in writing, and I require you to send me a letter of what you understand this conversation to be when we get off the phone. So I should be getting that letter in a couple of days. And I gave her very, very, very little information. It had to do with an insu- you know, insurance a car accident and some uh, some stuff was going on. So I wasn't going to confess squat. She she wanted some information and and I told her, look, we're gonna we're gonna do this in writing. You know, uh, you, you did get the right guy and thanks for getting in touch. And and that's about you know all I gave her. I, I confirmed the information that she was looking for, and uh, and you, you don't want to talk. You want to have everything in writing. And so get get real good at it. Oh, yeah, I already decided if I did go in there to defend it, may have pen and paper. <laughs> yep. if, if you're going to ask me another question that I didn't put on the court of record already, because I'm just going to walk in there and I'm going to put notices into all of them. And I'm going to have give notices to them. Then I'm going to go down to Circuit Clerk, and then I'm going to have them put it in the court of record. That way everyone knows they received it. But you I didn't know if I should file a claim or not. No, I've never done that. You, you've already got a case, and uh, learn how to write. Learn how to, you know, uh, you know, somebody somebody already said. I mean, they took your property. They did. They did so based on some statute, some code. So you know, uh, write about that and find out what it is that they're doing uh, and why they're doing it. You know, I'm sure they gave you a, a receipt. Looks like a speeding ticket or some kind of a thing, you know, some kind of a receipt which explains, uh, you know, what they were doing and why they did it. Actually, they gave a citation after I bonded out, but they kept it because I'm pretty familiar with this stuff. I mean, I was like, "What jurisdiction you have? I'm a man. It's an order." And the guy said, "It's an order." My name, he goes, what's your name? I said, what's your name? He's like, James Long. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> and he's like, expecting me to give a name back. And I was like, I just didn't say a word. <laughs> he got so pissed. All right, well. And that, and that was the end of that. All right, well, get some letters written up and uh, get some help with people, from people writing those and and get back. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I want another success story. What's that? That way, that way everyone else, uh, you know, get a little braver and, you know, not be in so much fear. And, you know, maybe it'll piss them off bad enough. The legal society doesn't take over this country right. and hold every man down and enslave us all. Well, we'll get to that next week. This week we're going to do letter writing. All right. All right. Hey, uh, South Nevada. Janine, you're next. South Nevada, did you, is that, is your hand raised from the last time, or is that, uh, did you just put your hand back up? Luis? Hey, Luis? All right, hit start. I don't know why your hand's still up. Can you hear me? Hello, hello? Hey, Oh, sorry, I, I muted myself. Uh, okay. Yeah, one one last question. The other night I was uh, chatting with some people on the common law um, Skype, and I just couldn't understand this concept, and uh, maybe you can help me out. So if if we understand that it's the creator first, then man. The main guy is under Gus, or under Carl Wentz. Hello? Hello? Yeah, it's all set. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, so if um, we know that first is the creator, then man, then the Constitution, then Congress, then law, then uh, the rules and legislation, um, and we understand that... Um, the government was created to protect our property and to um, secure our rights. And uh, we also understand that even the codes say shall and persons, not man and not must. Why, what would be the reason to understand all of that and um, know that when you go to court, if they do take you there and uh, take your property, that you can say, I require the immediate restoration of my property and that according to that they should give it to you. If we understand all that, what would be the purpose of still keeping a license? Well, it depends on what you're doing. For instance, uh, if you own a pawn shop in uh, in Concord, New Hampshire, the rules uh, about eight years ago changed because the population went over 40,000. And, and the statute said that when the uh, population goes over 40,000, that uh, the rules for the pawn shops are going to change. So it was already built into the code. And people who didn't know that, who opened up pawn shops, uh, they relocated because the rules had changed and they didn't know it. They They had no idea that was coming up. So if you've got any kind of a business where, uh, you know, they can hold that shit over you, then you, you got to know what the heck's going on so you don't get caught off guard. Right. So if if you don't have any business or anything that requires you to, to have a license, um, do you think that, so, because some of the guys were telling me, okay, well, you're going to be a hassle on the streets. And, and like, obviously, I, I understand that. But um, let's say that they stop me one time, I go to court and I succeed with, you know, them returning my property, 
and then I go again, and I get stuck again. And the pro- let's say the process goes like two, three, four times. Wouldn't you think that by that time they they would be like, okay, well let's let's not mess with this guy because he's gonna come back and uh, sue us? Yeah, or would you think that they just keep on doing it and doing it and doing it until you yeah, get? They're out? not they're, they're not worried about you suing them. <laughs> There's very few people who uh, who can carry that to the end. Right. You know, they, they, They've they've got uh, you know prosecutors attorneys they they've got all sorts of help. Uh, nobody's concerned about you suing them. So, you so know, if, I, if I was to master this and then on the first attempt that they take me, I sue the first people and succeed. Then you think that right there yeah, then you, they you don't, realize- No, you, you don't have to sue them. You write them a letter and you say, Hey, I think you made a mistake, Bob. This is what's going on. This is who I am. This is how I believe things are. And uh, it's great to meet you the other night. Um, but I, I don't. You know, I, I believe that you're pursuing something uh, without a without a basis. And I require you to cease and desist and, uh, and go enjoy on you know, the weekend. Okay. You know, if you're a man and you address another man, man to man, you know. They're going to know that you're a man. They're going to know you're not fucking around. And they'll respect that. And uh, and if they don't, then you'll already know what to do about it. But you don't just jump down their throat and say, I'm going to sue you. You know, you don't communicate threats. Right. Okay. That that, that makes a, a whole lot of sense. Thank you so much for, for answering. <laughs> no, no problem. It's a whole lot easier to get through life, you know, with uh, with letter writing, you know, for instance, I was talking to a lady who worked here at one of the hotels that Carl was in when he was staying here, and uh, you know, she was talking about uh, everybody in the neighborhood uh, goes and you know, all the dogs in the neighborhood poop on her lawn, and I said, well, charge them, you know, send them a letter letting them know you know who these people are, you've watched them, you know where they come from, uh, let, send them a letter. And let them know that you know if they uh, if they continue to do this, that you're going to start charging them fifty dollars a whack, and then start <laughs> taking pictures. You know, you're going to take pictures of these people standing on your lawn with their dog crapping. You get video so you can show that they didn't pick it up when they were done. They just they're just making a mess, and then and then uh, send them a bill. But you know, start by letter writing. Start by letting them know, hey, I don't appreciate you trying to fertilize my lawn. You know, I've yeah, I've got an ant farm going over here. The ants are going crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that I'm, now I'm 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 understanding more the the letter writing. It it goes back in time, you know, when everybody was communicating through. Okay, here's the letter. Go take this, and then wait for uh, for the answer or the response. Well, what it is is, is a lot. There's a lot of misunderstanding. People want to, you know, they they have a knee-jerk reaction. They're so sensitive that something happens and they automatically think that they're being attacked. And then you've got all these uh, patriot groups, these gurus that are walking around, uh, you know, going around, talking about how everybody's trying to get you. You know, these guys are corrupt. Those guys are corrupt. These guys are corrupt. I don't believe that shit for a minute. There's there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that work for various governments, town governments, county governments, all right, and they're there doing their job as best they can, and, you know, they go home at night, they they go bowling, 
on Thursdays. You know, they have a life. You know, they're not out to get you. They don't give a shit about you. They're, they're just they're just there getting a paycheck. You know, some of them, you know, while they're at work, they care. They they care about what you're coming in for, and it's their job to provide assistance and, and to help you out. And some of these people uh, go out of their way to help, but some of them have been in that job too long. They really should get into something that they enjoy doing because it's obvious they don't enjoy what they're doing now. All right, but but don't take that bad attitude as if they're trying to get you. They're not trying to get you. They're just there to get a paycheck and to get the benefits of working for a government that provides health care. Right. So it's our responsibility to learn how to play the game, and then they will respect when we know how to play the game, right? Is that how it is? Well, the, the thing is, is if your feelings are hurt, don't jump down their throat. You know, first and foremost, they're mostly just there doing their job. You know, and if you, uh, the, the more you learn, the more you, the longer you you study this stuff, the more you're going to realize how difficult it is to grasp. And uh, once you realize, you know, how difficult it is for you to figure this out, uh, don't be so upset about the guy who works, you know, who's 23 years old, who works at the parking garage, uh, you know, for the uh, municipality that you live in, uh, you know, when he does something that, that you know, if he, if he tells you you can't park here, well, don't sue him, you know, just just talk to him. I mean, he's just a 23-year-old kid. Right. You know, he, he doesn't understand what you've been studying for the last three years. You know, right these, these, cops, these, these cops don't make a living... Uh, you know they they don't get paid to go home at night and study all this crap that we that we look at. You know they they just they're not tuned in to what we're doing. You know so don't don't take it personally. Right. <clears throat> yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Just keep your feelings out of it. <laughs> oh, it it certainly helps. Uh, it helps to keep things calm. You know, things around you calm. If you're the one that's the calm, okay, if there's always a storm around you and you're always calm because cause you don't take it personally, it's not, you know, you're not oversensitive to that stuff, then it's uh, it's a whole lot easier to get a perspective on what's actually going on. And if you write a letter, then uh, you're much more likely to address the actual issue and not your feelings. I see. <clears throat> if you write a letter and, and and you pass it into the group, and somebody says you're you're too emotional and you're communicating a threat, uh, take that shit seriously. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't send the letter. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll start doing that, and I'll I'll go on the group and ask to to be added to a couple more that I uh, like. For, I I heard that there's one just purely about traffic stuff, right? I have no idea. I, the only oh, one okay. that I pay attention to is the one that I, I have dedicated myself to moderate, and I can't even keep up with that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll uh, write you later to remind you, if you could please add me to the words nerds, because English is my second language, and, and that's, I think, what's the hardest for me, because I learn English by myself. I didn't go to school or anything, and, and I thought I, I knew about 80%, supposedly, and now that I'm learning this, I'm like, oh, wow, this, this is not even English, what I've learned all these years. 
Well, make make sure you go to etymology online. Yeah, uh, if you go to my website, redressfordummies.org, mm-hmm. you, you'll you'll see that I copied and pasted straight off of etymology online because I want people to to click on those and go to those words at etymology online. I want people to go to that website and study words over there. I'll, I'm not going to provide you with a definition. I ain't got time for that stuff. But yeah, I, have, I have it already saved as a book. Yeah, that's a real good resource. And then, um, you know, if you click on the different words on my website, some of them will take you to some of the old uh, dictionaries. There's, let me take a look at the page I just did. I did one recently. Oh, and the study guide. On the left-hand column, there's a thing called the study guide, and at the top is a different tab, also study guide. Uh, the 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 tab for study guide uh, will have uh, some books that you 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 can read about property and about oh, law. Those are really good. But uh, in the left-hand column is the blogging. So when I post something where I'm just giving an example of things, uh, for instance, on April 7, I posted a blog or whatever you want to call these things, and it's called uh, What to Study First. And the different words that you click on in this little blog thing that I wrote, I put all sorts of links to different dictionaries, not just to etymology online. There's a lot of different dictionaries there. And, you know, I took the time to write this so that, um, you know, this is one way that I I can take and teach, uh, like I do the talk shoes, you know. It's just uh, it's a way to teach. So the April seventh, uh, which if you go to the website, you see the donate button on the left, and there's a little search box, and right below that it says study guide. So uh-huh. if you click, if you click, yeah, click on April 2015, and I've only posted one thing in there, I think, for April. Yep, and uh, you can see I, I didn't post anything in March. I don't put things up there very often, so you know. I started posting there in October 2013, and there there might be a total of 20 posts between all those months that went by. And uh, yeah, just just read through there. But when you click on these on these uh, words, like claim takes you to the Universal Etymolo- Etymological Dictionary, English Dictionary, written by Nathan Bailey. So. You know, if you click on that word, that's where it'll take you. It, it takes you to a different dictionary. The word nice takes you to etymology online. The word argue takes you also to etymology online. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see okay. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the word, the word require takes you to uh, Webster's uh, Dictionary. You know, and, and the site that it, that it brings you to has both... It compares Webster's 1913 to Webster's 1828. So it gives you the definitions on both. So as you click through the words in, in the, uh, you know, on my website, it'll take you to different dictionaries, and, and you can find out where these things, you know, where these dictionaries are, different resources. You know, it, it's one of the ways I try to keep in touch and keep you guys, because a lot of people don't know where to go when they start. So, right, yeah. yeah, it's a real good way to get started is just click around and see where see where you end up. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It's cool. And, and I, I've been using just, you know, I just put in the word and I go through different dictionaries that popped out. Pop out, yeah. I'm sorry. But um, the latest 
um, nice one that I found out is a vehicle as and the code here, for example, in Vegas, it says that a motor vehicle, it's, it's a device, but that's the last definition that it gives you. And then you go and look for a device and it's like from, I think, Italian or French or something, but it's to divide or to trick, to make a, a trick or something. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting when you go to find out what things mean. It sure is. And uh, look at these words, you know. Just because you think you know what a word means doesn't... If I put the word on my website, it's because it does not mean what you think it means. So click on it and read what it actually means. You know, like, for instance, an idiot is a private man, a private person, somebody who's not... Uh, not a dentist, not a brain surgeon, not a car mechanic. You know, they they don't know the language that goes with being that kind of a person because they're a private person. They're they're not engaged in any kind of uh, body politic business. You know, so you know, these words are very important for us to learn. Hey, Janine, you want to unmute yourself and come on in? Oh, okay. <clears throat> hey there. Hi, hey, hey, Gus. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, excellent. Thanks. Yeah. What yeah. time is that over um, there? Um, it is 1.16 p.m. in the afternoon. So it's just one, after midday. 1.16 in the afternoon. How's the weather? Mm. Oh, fine, fine, and fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You guys are I'm having, talking to God. You guys are in the fall <laughs> over there, correct? Yeah, it's only just starting to get just a tad cool at night time. Just a tad. Just probably just around about dusk, it'll cool breeze will just come in for a little while. How far off it's, the ocean are you? About twenty miles? Ten miles? Oh uh, no, uh, about. 13 kilometers, which would be, what, about seven, seven miles. Wow. So we get the ocean, we get the ocean breeze, I mean, and then, you know, so if, if you only drive 10, 12 minutes and then you're, you're at the ferry and then a 20-minute boat ride over to the island, Magnetic Island. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my friend Christina rang me up and she said, oh, when you come over, we've got to get together, you know. I'll have to go over there before the end of the school holidays and just, you know, just go over there for a visit and, yeah, it'll be good. So what's, uh, you had your hand up, what's going on? I did. And it's, um, it's actually regarding uh, Leo's case. And I was doing the transcribing, and I actually put it up there. Now, a cop says to Leo, he says, oh, look, the, the child, um, child family services has applied for an apprehension order, okay? And then the cop goes on to say, but at this time, the order has been voided. Now... How can that even be so? Because if the, if that order has never even been issued, uh, where did you see this? 
No, this is I, I transcribing what the cop has has spoken to Leo about. Okay, so I've got I've got phone conversations, and I'm actually typing them up for Leo. Oh, cool. Yeah, they are they are his phone conversations with with the um, with doctors, uh, Doctor Maria, and um, I did speak to Leo about this, and he said yes, I can mention it, and it is on his website anyway for anybody who wants to go there. Um, his ID, what's it, one three seven zero? His ID number in in talk show, but um, there's episode eight where he's actually talking to um, um, is it Trooper Trooper um, Lamay or something, and um, the the trooper rings him back the second time and then says, look, I'm I'm here to help you, okay? Um, what's he say? Um, Look, I'm here. I'm here to help you, because um, Leo just wants everything in writing. Um, and um, but the the cop, he's more or less the he wants to um, help Leo, but he also wants to help Child Family Services, who want to come in and make sure that his son Simon is okay. Uh, do you know about his case at all? I uh, no, I'm not. I'm not that. I remember the last time I talked to him. I believe he was talking to me about uh, a bulldozer that he was going to put in front of the gate to make sure that nobody came through. And that was a month ago, a month and a half ago. I I don't I don't think we've talked much since. All right. Well, from my understanding of what I have done with these transcripts, it all started because of the Dr. Maria wanted him to bring his son Simon in to have an MRI, even though the urine tests were showing that the cancer was pretty much, it's all gone, it's all back to normal. Even um, uh, um, Leo's son Simon had a big, um, had a, you know, a lump on his head. Now even that went away and everything like that. And he just says, I, I would prefer, we just, done another urine sample because I really do not wish for my son to be put out under an MRI because to have him under an MRI it is evasive to him because every time he goes under there is a risk so can we just do another urine um, test and just see how we go from there anyway because oh just yeah, because yeah yeah okay I remember I am familiar with that Oh, okay. Yeah. So that. So because he didn't, you know, he didn't want that. It. It. Um. It sounds like this doctor has rung up child family services and put a complaint in. <laughs> when did the complaint? Uh, it, well, I don't know. She's done something because he's got a phone call from child family services. And the woman says, we need to meet. And he said, I would, yeah, I wish to do it in writing. And she goes, no, we have to meet. And he goes, no, I, would, I wish to have it in writing. Anyway, this goes on for about four or five pages nearly. And she said, you don't get a choice in the matter. We have to meet. <laughs> so, so, and he goes, no, put it in writing. But, and, and, you know, so, um, and this, this cop says, this cop's ringing in now and going, look, I'm, I'm trying to help you, but this is, this, this is the, this is where we are at the moment. And then the cop goes on to say 
that Child Family Services has applied, applied for this apprehension order. Okay, um, um, and um, and he goes on to say that it's a, he says basically at this point in time that apprehension order has been voided. And I'm thinking here, oh, I wrote this, and I'm sitting here going, voided. The order has been voided. It, it's only been applied for. It hasn't even been issued or nothing's happened. So is it my misunderstanding of what's going on or is, is, is what the cop says wrong? Well, it's uh, only from my understanding. Well, it seems that we're missing a piece of the puzzle. Something, something <laughs> else happened. They, you know, uh, they applied and somehow uh, that's been voided, but we don't know how. So you're going to have to find out more. Oh, I'm, I'm only doing the transcript stuff, but I'm sure Leon's listening. So, um, but yeah, the, it's, the, it's, uh, it's, the, the transcripts, the transcripts might say as you get further in. No, that, that's it. it it's definitely a good a good question. Um, uh, you know, it it sounds like this 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 policeman does want to help and and everything, uh, but you know he al he also wants to help the the CPS as well. So. Well, they, it's great that you want to help, but uh, but I'm all set. You know. You, I, I appreciate you want to help me mow my lawn, but I'm all set. I appreciate you want to help me milk the cows, but I'm all set. You know, just because somebody wants to help, it doesn't mean you have to accept it. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you for your kindness. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm sure lots of people would enjoy your kindness, uh, but I'm all set for today. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I guess my question is, when you apply for an order. That doesn't mean you actually have the order, isn't that? Is that that's correct, isn't it? Well, yeah. You, you apply for, uh, for instance, you, you know, if you apply for a restraining order, then a man or a woman who has authority to grant, uh, you know, the, the application to to grant whatever it is you apply for, uh, they're the ones who. Are, uh, will make a decision as to whether or not you get it. So the application is not automatic unless it's... Yeah, I'm sure there are some applications that are automatic, you know, but typically they would not be because why would you have to apply if it, were, if it was automatic? Uh, well, okay, hold on, hold on. There is, there is uh, something of... Uh, some kind of a fishing license or a hunting license there is something uh okay I've heard of things that you that when when you do apply they have to give it to you so yes there are those things go ahead I, I don't know who I cut off there is that you Mike yeah the the thing about Leo's case is mm -hmm. they were he was all worried they were coming for his kid and he didn't want to play any games his first two letters were very stern and straight to the point. If I remember, they were a little bit over the line. They were kind of mean and 
nasty, still kind of polite, but they weren't very nice. And he basically told them he no longer requires their services. He wishes to be let alone. And I believe he actually put cease and desist in there. But he said, I require I be let alone or something. He told them to piss off. And they did. And now the problem is that he wants them to send him something in writing. And he scared the living crap out of them, and they're not going to write back to him. And now he's going to start badgering them. After he told them to leave him alone, and they did, he's going to badger them until they give him something in writing. I just think he has to leave them alone because he, he was very, very stern with them and said, leave me alone. So he can't go bugging them. It's kind of like getting a restraining order against somebody and then showing up at their work. You can't do that. Okay, so you're saying he's getting, he, he's, he's, he's got a restraining order, but he's showing up at their work saying, do you no, understand? No, that, Stay that, away no, from me. No, I'm just saying that's kind of what he's doing. Like, he, he told them to leave me alone, stay away from me yeah. and my family. And then, okay. so he told them to stay away from him, but now he's going to keep communicating with them when he told them to stop. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's, it's yeah, kind I... of like the same situation as a restraining order. If I get a restraining order against you saying you can't come near me, how can I go to your work when you're not allowed near me? Mm. So I can't tell you to stay away, and then I keep bugging you. So he told them, leave me alone. So he has to leave them alone. I'm not exactly yeah. sure how he's supposed to get something written, and uh, some kind of written confirmation now, but I would say well, there's a very strong possibility that somebody applied for a pickup order or an apprehension order and there wasn't mm -hmm. actually a, an order made. Maybe it was just an application for an order. Maybe there's an order that was rubber stamped. Maybe there was a proposed order that hadn't been signed yet. I don't know. But they might have just lied and said that they've that the order's been voided just to try and get rid of it, pretend it never happened. But either way, he's got something in writing saying it's been voided. Oh, that's good, and he's also got it in writing that he, he, he it's got um, you know I wish to be left alone, and I wish for all communications to be in writing. So he's he already got that in his letters. He doesn't want anything in writing. He just wants to stop. No communication with them whatsoever. He doesn't want to talk to them. They don't want to talk to him. I don't know how he's going to get written confirmation but he cannot keep sending them letters. Like his, his letters that he sent to them were very, mm -hmm. very stern and straight to the point. Like he wow. politely said to them, piss off. He was very clear and very to the point. So he can't be bugging them now. He's going to have to find another way to get written confirmation if he ever does get confirmation. Especially if they're scared, if he scared the crap out of them, he can't expect them to be putting stuff in writing. Certainly not with signatures. Not now. 
That's oh, another well, I, reason why people got to make sure their first few letters are polite so you get a signature and you get somebody to answer questions. You get them to say all kinds of stupid stuff. You set your trap. If you scare the crap out of them right with the very first letter, don't ever expect to get a response because everybody's going to be scared to say anything now. Okay. But see, that's what I always say. There's a difference with your letter writing. Are you trying to get a signature? Are you trying to get an answer? Or do you need an answer? Or are you trying to scare the crap out of these people, make them go away? Leo wanted to scare the crap out of these people, get away from my family, so that's what we did. And I do admit that those letters were a little bit nasty. They shouldn't have been quite like that, but... He wanted to get his point across very clear, and he achieved it. It worked. Okay. So now he's got to back off his ammo at least a little bit. He can't be hounding them, that's for sure. No, that's just going to make it worse. Yeah, he's going to end up getting a restraining order or some kind of, I don't know. He he can't be... Before he continues, you should write him a thank you letter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I thank you for ceasing and desisting. Yeah, thank you for, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now now that we understand each other, there's something I'd like to know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, right. see, this is the thing, though, because I don't know if there was ever an order made. If there wasn't an order, there's not going to be a case file. Obviously, there's no criminal charges the sheriff or the deputy or, or the, sorry, the RCMP officer, Rick, I believe his name was, he yeah, said yeah. that at this time it's been voided. Whether it never existed or it's voided, okay, that's kind of splitting hairs in my opinion. The point is he said that it's been voided. Leo put it on paper and mailed it to him. In our conversation, you said, quote, the, void, the order's been voided. Mm-hmm. So it's Has on paper order, now. Was it, hey, Mike, was it the order that was voided or the application that was voided? I forget exactly how it was worded. I I think it said that the order had been voided, but I could be wrong. Sure. Another thing, too, this was just a cop, too. He wasn't a lawyer type, so regardless yeah. of how he said it, I don't know how on the ball he is. Yeah, the uh, the thing is, is uh, you know, what Mike's saying, you know, I, I fully agree with. you, you got to be on good terms with everybody. You might not agree, you might not get along, but you have to keep the communication open. Okay. No, thanks for that because it, it's from my learning as well. So, you know, and this is, it's great to get feedback on this. And anybody yeah. else in this as well. Yeah, it's also a pain too when an, an emergency situation comes up and it's something serious and something has to be done right away. You got to make the decision or whatever, and he was in a hurry to get it done. And we weren't really planning on anything down the road. We were just trying to stop them. He thought they were going to come take his kid and he wasn't going to have any part of it. So we kind of just chose to shut them down as fast as we could. It worked like a charm, but 
it worked like a charm, but the problem is he didn't get written con confirmation. Oh, okay. Am I muted? Nope. I mean, oh. yes. <laughs> Are you doing confirmation or affirmation? What's that? Do you mean confirmation or affirmation? Well, written confirmation that that they're that they've uh, I don't know that they're going to cease. They're going to stop. Yeah. I guess even written confirmation that whether it's an application or an order, just confirmation that there is no order. Well, well what I'm trying to say is, um, I mean, I, anybody can write anything, but then unless they do it under oath and affirmation, oath it's, or, it's, it's oath or affirmation, but you kind of... I don't know, usually affirmation kind of means you're in court, you're sworn in. That's the idea no, for verifying something to affirm in court. I guess you could affirm a document in writing, but you... No, you can... You no, lawyer certified documents, like confirmation documents, go through, um, uh, you know, notary or whatnot, but only a man can affirm what he says against a claim against another man or a woman. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, this guy's going to write to a cop and, you know, he's looking for some information. And if the cop writes to him and says, uh, you know, the, the, the car that you're asking about is blue and it was parked on XYZ Street, you know, or whatever it is that the cop answers, the cop is answering uh, you know, he has a duty to answer truthfully. So why would you disrespect the man and say, well, you know, uh, thank you for answering, but I require you to answer under oath or affirmation. You know, just have some respect for the guy that he's telling you the truth because, you know, why the hell would he lie to you in the first place? I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying, say, no, I'm not going to, you know, honor what you believe that I owe you. What I'm saying is I conditionally accept your offer upon proof of claim, upon proof of claim uh, under information. Hold on a second. You're, you're engaged in an entirely different conversation. This has nothing to yeah. do with what we're talking about. Oh, okay. Well, then I misled. This is, this is not much different than if you tell me that your party's on Saturday and you just want me to confirm that I'm going to be there. I'm not swearing on a stack of Bibles that I'm going to be there for sure. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going to be there. It's not any crazy courtroom situation or anything like that. But I thought there was anyway. an officer. Well, anyway, see, look Leo, at it this way, um, too. Leo wrote to me, and it looks like it may go to court now. Um, it's the last communication I had with Leo. Why do you why are you presuming it's gonna to go to court? No, Leo is. Um, he has some other um uh recorded conversations um after episode eight. Yeah, 'cause I've only just finished episode eight and emailed it to him. But there are other ones. Um Oh, no court, not yet. Um did you want me to do any others, Leo? 
or just ate for now, or... Um, Did something just happen? Like, why are you guys expecting it's going to go to court? Oh, mate, look, he, he just... Um, it was probably... Um, it may never even go to court, uh, but Leo just said, could you do these for me, transcribe these for me, just in case it does go to court? Um, no, no, no. Okay, so that must be no, no. Um, he doesn't want me to type up anymore. <laughs> you guys need to handle this off the air. <laughs> yes, um, no, that's okay. But uh, no, I just wanted to, to, you know, with the applied thing, um, the cop said it's been applied for, um, and then it said it's been voided. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense because... Well, the application's been voided. Okay, it could yeah, be the either way, if if you write you. to if if you write to the man and you ask and you ask him or you say in our conversation on the phone uh, Friday you said quote the order has been voided can you please provide written confirmation that the order has been voided whether he sends it or he doesn't is kind of irrelevant because. Leo's put it on paper that that's what was said. He asked for written confirmation and the guy dishonored. I wouldn't even bug that guy anymore. Leave him alone. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's it. I'm finished. I'm done. If something else, if if he gets a letter or he keeps getting phone calls, that's different. But if they're if they're not saying anything to him, I don't recommend he really stir the pot. Thank you. And as far as getting him to affirm that it's true, too, uh, I don't, I don't really see that as a problem. Even if you were writing to the sheriff's office and talking, writing to the sheriff, and asked him if there's any criminal charges, and he writes you a letter back saying no, there's no criminal charges. Then if he's lying and you have proof in his own letter that he said there's no charges, then you can pretty much presume that there's no charges. I would trust the guy. Well, they, that's not usually something they're going to answer over the phone or in a letter. That's uh, the kind of stuff they want you to come in for. Because if, if they say, yeah, there's charges, turn around and you know, I want to put the cuffs on you. <laughs> they, they don't answer that stuff over the phone. They're not going to tell you there are charges over the phone because then you're going to hide out. Well, I uh, I wrote a letter for a guy and a lady to write to the sheriff, and he wrote back to her and said there's no charges. I don't know what yeah. they would do if there was charges, but he, I guess if you know there's no charges and you're just making sure you got evidence that there's yeah, no I'd, charges. Then... Yeah, I'd be curious on that because I know around here if you call anywhere and say, uh, hey, uh, I want to know if there's a uh, a warrant out for me or or whatever you're looking for. They're not going to tell you over the phone. They're going to yeah, tell you. Yeah, over the phone, I don't imagine they would do it. But in writing, they have a signature and everything, so they I don't know. I'm guessing if they wouldn't have any problem if there's no charges. But yeah, if there is charges, I'm not sure what they'd do. Yeah, I don't okay. I, I don't think they're going to tell you because. Uh, I, I mean, the chef might, you know, he, he might have done it, uh, but I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't expect too much in doing that. Yeah, I only did it okay. once, and I, I only did it once, and we got a letter back. So I don't know. It worked one out of one time. So that's kind of. 
That's not good enough statistics so far. That's better than hey, I should have played on the call. But what was the what was the um the charge or the wrongdoing that the lady you know was uh, convicted or not convicted, but you know what she got in trouble for? What, what was the situation? There is no charge. It's a, it's about a guy in Canada and some of the private stuff he's going through. But uh, we're we're gonna move on to a different subject. So, uh, do you have a question that you'd like to ask? No, 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 no question. I was just trying to catch up. That's that's all. All right. Uh, the floor is open. Then let's move on to uh, something else. Thank you, Gus. You're very welcome. Thank you for all you do. So the the floor is open. We've been on uh, for three hours, eleven minutes so far, and um, uh, I, I do have you have a topic that we can talk about if, if there's no other, you know, prevalent or or, or upcoming. Well, t- I'll tell you what. Let me check with you in a second. If if somebody does have a question, go ahead and uh, speak up. If not, we're uh, we're gonna uh, I'm gonna talk about this. What do you what do you got, South Texas? My name is Jeremy, though, by the way. Jeremy? Yes. Good to meet you. This is Gus. And your name? This is Gus. Uh, my website's uh, redressfordummies.org. Uh, I've been research, researching that for over last month. <laughs> so what's uh, what do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I, I, I donated some money to Carl Lentz's website the other day, and or actually like a month ago. Um, I got involved with um, uh, Ken Hoven. I sent some emails. I don't know. If, I don't know if I sent you an email yet. Um, with Ken Hoven down in you know Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. And um, I actually I I mailed him. Basically, I just copied. Your your website. And I, I printed it out, 200 pages of a um, bunch of, of stuff that y'all y'all's recordings, um, because they're using their codes and language and all other stuff to. And since I've been listening to Carl, um, he's like, "Why would you use their words?" You know. And so I just sent him a. Uh, I sent Kent Hoven um, a 200 page document. I don't know if he got it yet, but. Um, writing another letter right now. Okay. So I, I've, I've been involved in that situation where uh, I'm trying to help him out, and I, I've reached out to him, and, and actually I've been actually um, in communication with uh, Bill Thornton uh, through email back and forth uh, for the last month, um, and I'm just trying to help out. I, 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 I've been studying for the last two and a half years, and really, I didn't. I hadn't really grasped or, or kind of started started understanding this stuff until you know a month ago when I started listening to Carl and and then your stuff on on redress for dummies you know dot com or dot or whatever it is, um, which is actually on my my page in front of me right now on the computer, and you guys. Um, so. Uh, I, I've been trying to, yeah. There's there's like three different levels of something. You know something, and you understand something, and then you have the wisdom of the application of something. 
And so I don't, I don't have all three all together. Um, it's still like, it's, it's like you keep reading, 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 and then finally you, you get it. And then I haven't got that, that part, but I understand it. And I, I know, I know what's going, I know what's going on, but I don't have the application. I don't, I, I'm just trying to help out Kent Hoven because, well, I don't know if I, I sent emails to y'all, um, but, yeah, uh, the, the, the 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 biggest problem with people, um, okay, the, the reason that I do this the way I do it is I personally cannot handle the complexity that other people can handle. Uh, some people can handle very complex stuff. Not me. I can't do it. I think it all boils down to some really simple stuff. And, uh, and when you stray away from that and you go play in their sandbox, you're going to get... You're going to get destroyed, and uh, right. that that doesn't mean that I'm safe in my sandbox. You know, for me, it's it's not even optional. I literally, I do not have uh, the capacity for all that complex, you know, studying case law and all that. I just ain't got it. I don't have the patience. Uh, I can't stand paperwork, you know, especially the stuff that you know that comes out comes out of these uh, law firms, you know, it's just too much. You know, I'm a man, right. and, I, and if you're not making a claim to my property, then get the hell away from me. I have no idea why you're talking to me. You know, I have the right to be let alone and to quietly enjoy my life, to be protected, uh, you know, I, I, I pay taxes, I, you know. I have the right to be protected. No, I agree, I, agree, I agree with you, and I feel the same way, but my question is, how do you... How do you express that or relay that um, or teach that to someone else? That's my that's that's kind of like my my mountain right now is you you, uh, you can't you can't teach it to somebody who doesn't recognize any value in it. Right, I agree. Okay, well, that's it. Yeah, the the reason you know that's where the expression comes from about the horse in the water. You can lead him to water. But you can't you can't make him drink, you know. But you you sure can give him some salt because he'll love that, and then he's going to be thirsty. You know what I'm right. That much more is given to those that have little more is taken away. I get it. it it's just uh, some people aren't there. They're, they're, they might never be there. And then there's other people who uh, they don't realize. Okay, if. if if you believe that you are created in the image of God and that you have authority to require, require is to make a demand. I know what require means, but for the okay, audience, well, maybe, maybe other people on the call don't know. Right, go ahead. So require means to make a demand as of right and by authority. So if you realize the authority that you have as a man, as a man to to require. Uh, answers from from people that are dealing with you, then uh, then that's what you do. But if you don't realize that you have that authority, or you know, I'm not saying it's going to work. You know, you you might realize you're a man. You might realize you have this authority, but you're in their court. You know, there's there's so much right. stuff I haven't figured out yet. You know, and, and I'm waiting for you guys. I I have drywall for a living. Okay, for 32 years, that's what I've been doing. I, I, I've actually sold Kirby vacuum cleaners door-to-door for the last 10 years. 
There you go. So you know all about people. Yeah. You know why people don't do the right thing. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh man, it's like, but but the, you know, the funny thing is that you and I have in relation is the story of Moses. Remember when he comes down from the mountain, he's like all mad, and then God banished him from going to the the, the the Holy Land because he disobeyed him for the third time, and he's like. And it's like anybody, you come down, you know, you go door to door, you know these people, and you're like, uh, this is the answer. I'm going to go for a little bit. I'm going to come back. And then they're all just like not doing what you told them to. And you're like, what? What do you mean? I'm trying to help you. Uh, no, I get it. I get it. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. No, that, that, that's the, that was the question. And then that, that, the original question is like, how do you, you know, t- <laughs> it's like somebody that doesn't know. Yeah, people that are not interested are not interested for a reason. They're, they're not ready, and that's all there is to it. Maybe that's why Jesus said, who do you say that, who who do they say I am? And the only person that said it, he said, you're the son of the living God. Well, Peter, right? He's all, well, truly, you did not know that, but the Holy Spirit told you that. And the only person listening, I guess you'd say, that was ready to hear it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, there's, yeah, yeah. I had a conversation with a, a 17-year-old guy. Uh, he, might, he might be 18, about a month and a half ago. And I was explaining to him that... Uh, you know, you're moving on in life, and you're planning on traveling. And you know, as you're as you're going through life, uh, it, it becomes very important to understand self-evident truth, because uh, you can't rely on what people tell you. You have to see it for yourself. You have to believe it. And once you once you establish that something is self-evident for you, then you have to put that aside and use it as the foundation for everything else that you do. Because if that's true, then other things that are that are not in line with that truth are probably not true at all. So you develop these building blocks of self-evident truth. And one of the things that we all know is that you have the you have the right to face your accuser. Okay? Everybody knows that. So this past summer I was hanging out with Carl, and I kept listening to this stuff that said the plaintiff must appear. And I kept asking, you know, the guys, where does this come from? Where do we find this? Where is it written? You know, where, you know, and nobody bothered, to, well, nobody bothered to look for it because it's so self-evident that it's true that nobody bothered to, to even look to, to find out where it comes from because it's so self-evident. And we need to uh, we need to develop a pattern of finding these things that are self-evident and laying down the foundations for our own beliefs, so that we can stand on that. And, you know, and, and that's what life's about. And the older you get, the bigger your foundation is. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it amazes me. It, it's uh, like I, I mean, I was raised in church since I was. 12 and I went to Bible college but I never under I never I never understood and only now the application of the words in the Bible which was not even it's not even a religion it's not even a religious actually 
It's not about. It, it, it's not religious at all. Actually, it says, "Bless those that curse you." That's like a. That's like. That's like going the extra mile. Uh, what this says, carry a, a Roman's baggage a mile, which was mandatory. And then he's like, "No, take an extra mile." And he's like, and then he, then he says, you know, every tree that doesn't produce fruit is a, is dead, which means like if you if to those that have much more is given, the most those that have less is more is taken away. Things that if your if your thought pattern is on, um, you know, like sucking away from life or 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 just barely getting by, uh, or then it's like to those that have much. If you believe you, if, even if you have a rock. Oh, in your whoa, hand, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on. We're, we're talking about common law and, and people and their problems and things that they wish to resolve. I have a point to this. I have a point to this. Okay. No, so I have this a point. is not a philosophy class. No, no, no. It's not philosophy at all. This is all principle. Okay. Well. Yeah, no, no. One seed, you plant a seed, it produces a tree. A tree produces fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, all, we all know that stuff. What's the point you're trying to make? Okay. The point I'm trying to make is that when 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 we go into law it, it, there there's the basic principles and then there's everything that falls off right it, uh, no, it's like no. right, okay, right, it's, right, okay what what okay let, let me finish let me finish it, it'll make sense it'll make sense okay no i'm not going to let you finish you, you don't cut me off right is the other side of left Okay, it's not right, it's correct. So use the right words and stop for a second when I talk to you and I will let you continue. Okay. Go ahead. So what I'm saying is that there's there's a simple thing. Love, love, love the neighbor as thyself and what you believe and what your beliefs are that that accomplished everything. It, 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 there's, there's no wrongdoing against your, your self again. What do you call that? What what do we call that here? When we're all talking about the same thing, what do you, what do we call that? We we call that the law common to man. Right, contract. No, it's not a contract. It's the law common to man. Uh, every kid, I don't give a shit what language you speak. Every kid grows up, you know, hearing the same things. Leave the dog alone. Don't pull your sister's hair. Don't do this. Make sure you take out the trash. You can have cookies after dinner. Okay, there's all these little life lessons that people learn as they grow up, regardless of the language you speak. And, and these are the things. These, this is the law which is common to man. That which is right and wrong. Okay, knowing the difference. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, that's that's what we talk about. Right. You know. That's. Uh, you know. And there's there's the old saying that ignorance of the law is no excuse. And I totally agree with that. And that's why I believe that if you don't understand it, it's not law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so true. And and then the word if it's it's supposed to be self-evident. That's why it's not an excuse. If it's the <laughs> law, then it's supposed to be self-evident. Okay, the law. Says I, 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 I use the word I use the word contract in the wrong. I, I guess to say the wrong context, but I meant the same thing. Okay. I don't know. Hey, I, 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 
Hey, Jeremy, Jeremy, I've been on for three and a half hours. I'm burnt out. It's been a long day. So, um, it was the first time I've been on this call, and I didn't even know it worked, actually, anymore. But um, I'm glad it does. Yeah. Well, well, I'm here every Wednesday night. This is my public service, you know, my uh, community service. These are community calls. All I want to do is serve and help, you know, the community. And uh, if I'm wrong, and I just I'll tell you about it. And I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong, and then I'll correct myself. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to cause any harm. I just want to help everybody increase life. Yeah, and that that's really, you know, my goal for all this stuff. Is, okay. Hey, all right, we're, we're, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to let you know somebody else come on if they've got something to talk about. Uh, are you familiar with my website, Jeremy? No, no, I'm on your website right now, actually. Okay, so if you go to the top, at the, tab, the top of the tabs there, there's one that says Talk To, and if you, if you go to that tab, it shows you uh, Carl's Talk To. We all converge there on Monday, on uh, Saturdays. <laughs> And uh, Mike's got his talk to you on Mondays, and I have mine on Wednesdays. So those are the – there's other people who do, you know, private calls, but th- those are the three basic ones right now. Sonia has a call. Uh, I don't know if she's still on Friday. I know she does some on, on Sunday night also. So there's uh, other calls that are going on. Uh, but uh, feel free to come back and hang out and, study uh, Carl's stuff. At the top, you'll also see Carl's early recordings. Those are the archives. Uh, that's the study material. That's that's what we... Uh, that's what we uh, I've been listening to those over and over again. No, I love it. I love it. Right. Good deal. So you're, you're already familiar. You know you know about his calls on Saturday, correct? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't joined in because I have to work on Saturday. I work for Home Depot, but... Uh, All right. Well, you, you've got uh, you've got the information you need to stay in touch. The uh, the other thing is the Skype information. If you want to Skype, uh, if, if you want to join a Skype group and see what's going on over there, you get a hold of me. Uh, you see my name on the chat board. If not, uh, on on on. Uh, oh, you Skype. Eagles Gus dot b r e t o n. B r e t o n. Okay. No, no, I, I appreciate. I, no, I'm so thankful for y'all, uh, Gus. Like, man, I, I mean, like, thank you so much. That, that is, thank you're you. welcome. <laughs> All right, is there? Uh, take care, Jeremy. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Is there uh, anybody right. else? Anybody else that wants to say anything? Wants to step up? Any questions? Throw it up on the board if you're on the computer, and. Uh, we're at three and a half hours already. I'm going to wrap this up. All right. Last call. Thanks, Gus. You're welcome. Great uh, great to have you all on the call with, with us tonight. It's, it's awesome. All right. You guys have a good night. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.